0: All right, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Let's. Okay. All right. Jeez, get off my back. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Oof. You've changed. (music) Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. Damn right you are. And let ne'er anyone tell you different, (laughs) sir. Thank
1: you. Thank you for the uh, positive reinforcement.
0: I've got to tell you a secret, Dave. Okay. I'm hopped up. On um, vaccines? Are you hopped up on vaccines? Yeah, just one vaccine. Do they hop? Actually, it's two vaccines. It's two vaccines. There's one for the original uh, uh, whatever virus, Mm -hmm. and there's one for like a little modern thing. They get a little uh, mixer in there. It's a bit of a highball. It's a bit of a highball. A little bit of a highball. Yeah. It's a bivalent. Is that what they call it? Well, you know, that's its. uh, (laughs) If it wants to let let you know that, that's up to its choice. I'm not going to out the uh, the the vaccine here or anything. But yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's right Yeah As opposed to prevalent Exactly Yeah So, uh, yeah, I went into the I got my notification via the email mm-hmm. And it said, hey, why don't you come in, stupid And I went, why, why did they call me stupid? That was weird Seems kind of Oh little mean A little mean Yeah and, uh, But, uh, man, what are you going to do? Uh, that's uh, socialism for you And then <laughs> went in got got my shot uh, Had to wait five minutes And then I'm out the door Boom Gone Get out Nice Here's your hat and what's your hurry? I Enjoy your side effects, fucker. That's what they said to me as I was leaving. <laughs> Gee, that's it's mean, right? Yeah, gonna it's happen. mean, and then they all pointed and laughed and went, Ha 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 ha. <laughs> and it was like, Geez, it's a it's, it's rough huh. getting. A, I mean, it's nice yeah, that it's free, rough. it's nice that it's available, yeah. but uh, Canadian, yeah, uh, vaccinations are sure. just crappy. Yeah, it used to be you would go by on an ice flow and they would throw needles at you. Is that how it That worked? was in the old days. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was for, like, polio. How old? Oh, polio. Okay. <laughs> that was polio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was called the polio flow. Yeah. Calling, <laughs> so you had to go to the North Polio to get your right, shots. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, they actually had a little song that was uh, the polio flow, do do <laughs> everyone's doing the polio flow. And you got on the flow. And then the, here was the trick, though. Okay. They told the elderly people, mm-hmm. you're getting the polio uh, vaccine. Yeah. But they didn't. They, they didn't. just put them on the ice floe and then sent them off.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> is that where they came from? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't realize. No, they just I pushed, am so... they pushed them in the other direction. <laughs> and they went like, hey! And then they pointed at them and laughed and went, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's what happened mm-hmm. uh, then was that's how they all ended up on the island of the old. Okay, and they formed the island. That's how of that the old. started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other thing that
1: started is because the ice flip went along, and it went onto the up onto the other ice, mm-hmm. and then people with brooms were there, and they were sweeping in front of it to keep it moving, right? Curling. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you knew that. I'm sorry. Oh I no, I got about. it. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Sorry, I repeated my. Yeah, and they
0: yelled, "Hurry hard!" Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Popular Canadian expression.
0: It would be nice if someone, while they were yelling "Hurry hard," mm-hmm. uh, turned to them and said, "What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> what do you think I'm just cleaning the ice?" <laughs> just- what do you think? I think the ice is dusty. Yeah. Hurry hard. It's a it's a direction,
1: though. Sure it is. It's a, you know, like, because you don't always want to hurry hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to hurry soft.
0: There's no... Is there a hurry soft?
1: They don't yell hurry soft. I they just
0: yell hurry no. hard. That's it. And then no, no, they're, they're not yelling. They yell
1: other things, though.
0: What do they yell? Well, they... Yell, uh, How's your directions. mom? <laughs> How's your mom some, doing?
1: They want you to direct the, the, the rock, right? So you're sweeping to heat up the ice to, to right. make it... So, they don't, then they
0: want you to lay off. Right. And, and yet, and yet, so they want you to heat up the ice, right? Mm-hmm. Yet, if you pee on the ice, everyone gets mad. <laughs> it's too slow. You think like you're doing it's yeah, too slow then. Yeah. 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 Take a whiz. And yeah, like yeah. show me something in the rule book that says you can't take a whiz on the ice to uh, direct the rock. <laughs> <laughs> They're right. There is no most valuable peer. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I would love, because I do know yeah. Jay Brzeau from Airbud, who was the guy who said the line, Ain't No Rule says a dog can't play. Uh, yeah, Ain't uh, No Rule basketball. says a guy can't pee on the ice. That's right. And yeah. he could just come out and read that. What you should do is you should just hire Jay Brzeau for a day mm-hmm. and just get him to just take out a little book and <laughs> just say as many things as possible just, in about an hour. to reinforce all your terrible decisions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'd be good. Yeah. Or Ain't like- No Rule says I can't contradict myself in an argument. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't No Rule says I can't have a second piece of cake. Yeah. And, 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 and then when someone goes, hey, you're having a second piece of cake, mm-hmm. you go like, well, wait a second. And you just play the clip of uh, Jay Brzeau with his rule book. I'm yeah. like, hey, that's the guy from Air Bud. Well, it's like, yep.
1: Lucky for me, there is the, the Dave Dedder exception that allows for two pieces of cake for me.
0: Right. And three hot dogs. And three hot
1: dogs. It's a standard thing.
0: And a hard boiled egg. <laughs> Honk. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you just uh, came from uh, uh, some kind of clip joint.
1: I came from my own house, actually. My house was turned into a clip joint.
0: All right, explain.
1: Uh, well, I got a traveling pet nail trimmer okay. to come to our place. Okay. Sounds like the start of a joke. It's a, no, Romany. It's the, it's the
0: door-to-door uh, yeah. traveling pet nail clipper. That's
1: right. She came in a caravan, Yeah, pulled by a horse. Uh, she clipped the dog's nails and then cursed me. <laughs> I, don't know, I guess that's how it works
0: yeah i didn't give it a big in enough lieu tip. of tip
1: <laughs> well i didn't give a big enough tip i guess and so i end up now i'm gonna turn into a frog in a couple of days um no al i'll be honest al has his nails have been neglected for the last little while All like, right. we haven't been keeping up on that so partly because that was mary's job when mary was home to like organize these things for us right so when she left all, all that, all, all that went out the window. So the other day, Mary was over the other day, which is very nice. She dropped by. She went and had dinner with or lunch with a friend, former host of the uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Always, she'll always be the host of the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Oh, very you good. You can't take that away from her.
0: All right, she's like a marine. Nice.
1: <laughs> she's like a marine, exactly. Uh, semper fidelity. Semper high fidelity. Semper. That's
0: better. Semper high fidelity.
1: <laughs> Darn it i tried
0: you know what would it better just uh, you know what could mm. i could i try that again sure sure semper hi-fi no i like high fidelity because it's semper fi is it semper fi yeah it semper... Semper... Okay. semper fi is the thing yeah, so yeah. it makes sense semper hi-fi is, there is, you go. is okay. a cleaner uh, cleaner joke okay say it again sure okay uh let's start at the very beginning yeah Okay, uh, uh, how did so, we start the show? You were talking uh, about ice yeah, flows. Yeah, and, ice flows. Uh, I just had a vaccination. vaccination you uh, tired. Uh, you're, that's right. You know, uh, uh, you're talking about uh, you're talking about Mary. Yes. Uh, you know, she was the former host of the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. No, she'll always be the host of the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Oh,
1: so she's like a marine. That's right. Semper Hi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one.
0: Yeah, glad I thought of it. Yeah, uh, broken clock is right twice a day, and uh, like Dave, they both have bad timing. I said that was pretty good timing. But that was great timing. That was interrupting cow timing. <laughs> so you have a dog, and yes, your, your so dog is a, uh, is, is a, what type of dog is it? He is a
1: Mastiff, I, Pop, like kind of like, a, what do they call those kind of dogs? I can't remember they really call them. Yeah, they have a name. Yeah, mastiff sounds good. But like, like a mix of things. You sure. Know, like people like to then they walk around and they think they look tough. Right. But he's a big giant baby. You know, he has to have a blanket on at night and you
2: know. hmm. <laughs> anyway, so he's a
1: real linus. He he is and he never bites. Good. He never bites. Like sometimes he'll um, he'll chomp you.
0: What what's the difference between a and a bite?
1: Well, that's a good, that's what I brought up to him. but he Because I was totally familiar different. with
0: an editor that used to bite people, and I think he would probably say that he was a chomper.
1: He was a chomper, yeah. So there's a difference because Al's lawyer wrote to us and said there's quite a difference between the two. Okay. And then Jay Brazo showed up and said there's no rule against a dog <laughs> chomping you. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck here. No, uh, I just mean, like, he'll, if you're playing with him, he'll sometimes, like, open his mouth and put his mouth on your hand. Okay. Like, I'm going to. I'm gonna bite you, but I'm not gonna bite you. I'm just gonna Right. Just rest my teeth on your skin. Okay. So the first couple of times he did that, was that a scary thing or did no, you know? No. Okay. He's, he's I don't know. Maybe it was, I don't remember now. It just feels like you're playing and then he just did that and I was like, sure. Okay, that's fine. He didn't bite me. He just like did that as like kinda of, kind of like plaything. Um so yeah, anyway, so it's, he's been kinda of, so Mary was visiting and I I finally remembered to like get the the number of this lady who's the travelling Nail trimmer lady. And so I contacted her um, last week, I guess, or earlier this week. Sometime. Sometime in this, the past. And arranged for t- today. As but This is before we had made the yeah. switcheroo. Because this is, this so everyone knows, uh, this is Friday. But yeah. We're doing this. So um, if you didn't get your um, question, your answers in for any questions, uh, do it right now. <laughs> and then, um, and so, yeah, so then, you know, so she was coming over. And I didn't want to, like, put it off because I've been... Yeah. I've been feeling really guilty watching Elle tiptoe around on these giant curling nails. Yeah, it's so.
0: tough when you hear your pet going cut. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean they do it at the best of times, but his, his are really quite long, so so she came over and and um he was pretty good. Like he was the thing is is like, um like I don't I don't bathe like I don't bathe him very much. Like I just bathe him every once in a while. Right. When he starts to get kinda of smelly. So he's not really used to like being handled a lot. So he's he doesn't like standing around, doesn't like you know, so the lady was doing stuff. And I think also it's uncomfortable because it, the quick grows down. If the nails get longer, the quick lengthens. Yeah. And so as you so you need to kind of, like, train it back. And so she recommended that that uh, he get done in a couple of weeks. But uh, we'll see. I'm so going away, of course. So that'll impact things. And she's also been... She has a, another job. So she's got her own things going on in her life. But, uh, yeah, so she... Clipped them with the little clippers. And I, I'm scared of doing this by the way. That's why this is being done by Yeah, Yeah, uh, that's a scary thing to do. Yeah, I just I just don't know where you did the wrong thing and Yeah, uh, I don't thing you're everywhere, And like, you know, like I mean I used to shoe horses or trim and I used to trim horses' feet. But you know, like I was I I learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I like did all this research into like foot you know, foot anatomy and stuff like that, and I knew what a horse's foot should look like. You know, so when I looked like at a mess, I knew Kind of like that old toy where you like carved away at the the soft plastic and then it revealed like a, a harder plastic underneath right. that you whittled away. Right. Wink, wink. You really just, you really just did the most hack, hack-handed thing. But sure. you know, you you whittled an alligator. But um, so, you know, I could see, you know, so I could make that shape. But I have no idea like well, how long a dog's nails is or where mm. the quick is or how you should can tell where it is if yeah. you look at it. So this lady, like she snipped it with, the you know, the clippers and then she used a Dremel tool, and she like round she further yeah put back them up a bit, and then she rounded them
0: off so that they wouldn't snag on our carpet. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that can be a thing when you do like cut their nails, then you've got like really sharp edges to them. Yeah, and yeah. and one of two things: one, yeah, they catch themselves on things, mm-hmm. or or scratch you, mm-hmm. or scratch themselves when they're like scratching their ears or whatever. Yeah, they yeah. feel like oh, I'm a monster for not doing that. <laughs> so when you learned how to like uh, trim like a, a horse's hooves uh did that affect then uh yourself when you were cutting your own toenails later <laughs> No. did you apply those skills i i didn't i didn't okay i didn't rasp rasp my own toenails. where is anything. my quick yeah where is my quick i think
1: i know where it is okay i think i've learned by this point in my life where my where my cuticle is but um yeah i mean what it what it does is it makes you like appreciate your how simple your own our own fingernails are compared to like animals claws or hooves and stuff like that which are much more complicated mm-hmm.
0: than our dumb things do you use uh when you're cutting your nails uh whether f- fingernails or toenails uh do you use a scissors or do you use a clipper as in i us? use clippers yeah i can't understand how anyone could use scissors. Lisa only uses scissors that's bizarre to me like yeah. my family was a was a scissor family mm-hmm. and uh, i'm proud to say <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's ridiculous. What are you What are you talking about? That's that's bananas to me. Uh, like once I found out there was these things that were like the clippers, it was like, well, what, what you fools? <laughs> this will This will do the job. Yeah, I think. I mean, clippers are okay, but
1: it's you get a better you get a better cut with scissors. I think, but I can only cut with my right. Yeah, so I can have like really yeah, that's nice flaw nails on, my, on my left hand. Yeah, and if I try to cut my right, it doesn't work. Oh, it's just yeah, I can't awful. make it work. I'm yeah. just I am. My dad is left-handed and my brother's left-handed, but I have inherited none of their left-handedness. All all I have is
0: uh, one right hand. My
1: my left hand is as useless as uh, something that's useless.
0: Well, this was a decision I had to make today when I was getting the the vaccination was like, because I've heard like, you know, your arm goes, <laughs> uh, and so I was like, do I get it in the hand that has like the slightly broken bone? Or do I get it in the other hand? Mm. And, you know, and, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet all my money that righty will uh, take over should anything go wrong. So <laughs> went with the went with the left. Okay. Yeah, which,
1: which, dude. which is where
0: I have the uh, broken bone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you might as well pile it on. Yeah, though, though what, here's the thing about the broken bone is, uh, like, I, I broke it uh, almost, yeah, about a, a month ago, almost exactly, and, uh, you know, we were going through all this stuff with my mother-in-law, and it was like, you know, crisis week, <laughs> and then all this other stuff was piled on top of it, uh, and, uh, because, do you know you have to pay the rent when uh, there's uh, things going on in your life? I didn't know that, but it's true. (laughs) Like apparently, like when 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 chaos is going on in your life and you're dealing with like life and death stuff, uh, apparently you still have to work to uh, make rent. Yeah, because it's still expected. Yeah, that's interesting, right? You think like, oh, they'll say, eh, whatever. Uh, It's like, uh, no, you gotta pay the rent still. That's interesting, right? You go like, you know. Well, weird it's but weird. you it's, do it's almost as if they are also relying on that money yeah interesting yeah it's yeah strange. it's interesting and it's like uh, it doesn't matter so you gotta work so while all that was going on <laughs> yeah and so i was working and, and 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 doing the other stuff yeah uh my it looks like my bone healed like without me noticing and then uh, i looked down and one, one day and was just like huh that doesn't hurt no more okay well i'm not gonna push my luck <laughs> Or start like doing weightlifting yeah, or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, and I was also I was swimming yesterday, and it was I was feeling no resistance uh, towards it, so it was like, oh, you know, maybe a couple of crises uh, heal a bone, <laughs> or maybe you're, maybe the I sl- adrenaline. Yeah, maybe the slack that you don't get cut for rent, your body cuts you and goes like, oh man, this guy's having a rough time. Do you guys want to just give him a, a like a mulligan on this bone? Yeah, and like let's just heal it, and sure. your body goes, yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. But fair well, enough.
1: That's good that you healed. I mean, I feel like I heal more slowly now, at mm-hmm. my advanced age. Do you keep poking it?
0: Is that what you do? No. Like Your wounds. No, I'm not a picker. Okay, a grinner. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> grinner, but I don't, don't, I don't pick. Okay, do you're grinning. less a Buck Owens and you're more a <laughs> Roy. Damn it, what's his name? I'm trying to think of the two hosts of Hee Haw because one's a pickin' and one's a grinnin'. Is that right? Yeah, I'm a pickin' and I'm a grinnin', and then they play the Hee Haw song. Oh my gosh, Roy. You're right. You want to say Rodgers, and, and not it's Rogers. not right.
1: And I want to say Acuff, and it's not Roy Acuff. It's no,
0: not. I think it's Roy something. Uh, but it
1: is Roy. You're right. It is Roy something. Roy. Hmm.
0: Roy, Roy, the dancing machine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's a good, uh, he's a great guitar player. He is. I'll give him that. No, they're both, can't uh, remember his name. They're both
0: quite amazing. Oh, come on. He's
1: receded into my... Who's Who was on Hee Haw? Who were the hosts of Hee Haw?
0: Buck yeah. Owens and Ro, Roy... Here's a here's a question I have for you. Sure. uh Which came first, like "hee haw" or "laughing"? Because they're the same show. <laughs> they are the same show. I'm gonna basically.
1: say I'm gonna say "laughing" came first. Oh, except
0: for the music. No, "laughing" doesn't have the
1: music. So "laughing" had music. It's just that it? what we saw. They edited out the music because of licensing. What
0: ba- What bands were on "laughing"?
1: Well, I know the Holy Motor Rounders were on "laughing." Oh my gosh, Roy Clark. Roy Clark. There you go. No one we couldn't think of it. It's such a boring name. Yeah. But
0: yeah, great. There was also
1: Grandpa Jones was on that show. Sure was, and and also the lady with the stuff on her, the thing on her hat, the price tag. Yeah,
0: which was, what was her name? She had a price tag on her hat. That's right. Yeah. I don't remember. She wasn't Big Pearl, she was... Oh, Mini Pearl. That's right. And who was the Canadian (laughs) that was on the show? There was a Canadian on the show? Damn right there was. Was it... Famous Canadian. Shania Twain? Yeah. It was Shania Twain in the late 60s. It was Shania Twain. That's right. Uh, This person also had a talk show in Canada. Oh, Don Heron was on there. Yes, that's right. He did it. Charlie Charlie Parker, yeah, yeah.
1: Huh? Do you think that was cut in by Canadian?
0: It wasn't in the states. So he was was a popular entertainer. Uh, Okay, okay. You know, listen. If you want to go somewhere and have a career, uh, be kind of a cowboy hick. You know that worked for Rich Hall. Yeah, he had like that kind of character. Went Mm. to England and did that kind of character. Other people have uh, had also similar success. Yeah, you know. I don't know if I could carry it off. Well, let's hear your uh, cowboy hick voice.
1: Uh, hmm. That's a good, like think of something I'm gonna say. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anything now. I'm I'm, I'm lost. I have, oh, I, I, I have well, to. Cut, I'd have to like ease into it. You know, like I can't just. You know. All like right, it, it would right be away. like this. This would be for me. I'd okay. be. I'd be you doing this. I'd be okay. just
0: like. Uh, well, just had my dog's nails done because <laughs> yeah. you can't oh. take him to a fancy restaurant <laughs> unless it looks real pretty. <laughs> See, it's that kind of thing, right? Okay. And the thing okay. is, you're uh, going yeah. on a date with your dog because yeah. you, you like your dog. Now, we're not saying you're romantically involved with your dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's just like this is who you go out with. So, sure, sure. uh, you know, it's uh, you take him to a fancy restaurant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what that, yeah. You don't know I what guess would do say, with that well, I would say, well, I'm going to say, I got my dog on the porch. Yeah. My car on blocks, but that's okay because
0: my house is mobile. Oh, well, that's nice. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, I got my car <laughs> on blocks. <laughs> but cool. so's my relationship. <laughs> With my dog. What? No, you went too far. <laughs> no, you put a hat on a hat there, that's your problem. You put a price tag on a hat. Yeah, and Don Heron's whole thing was he'd do uh, malpropisms and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know. you know, I'm prepared and pre-peached. You know, be like that, right? And everyone would, uh, <laughs> would nod and go like, we acknowledge the that thing. there's humor in that.
1: <laughs> that was like at work yesterday. Um, we took this uh, door off the trailer and a uh, box had fallen. They had carelessly just thrown boxes up high over top of this door, and so during the the trip from Edmonton to us, it a box had fallen off and dented the door. Okay. And so I wrote on it "C'est dommage," like say, but it was damage. So right. Just saying it's damage. Oh, it's but nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. "C'est dommage," you know, like it's too bad. Yeah, 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 it yeah, got yeah, yeah. So no one got it. Not a single person said, "Dave, I love your double, <laughs> your weird French English pun here." <laughs> I can't believe it. I didn't fly in a warehouse with a bunch of guys in a warehouse. No one picked up on it. But I mean, you know, it's Canada. Yeah. Like you gotta you gotta remember something from French. And I think Cedomage is like a pretty easy thing to remember.
0: Oh, I slipped French into I'm doing uh here's a, here's a nice thing. Okay. Uh is uh I found out uh I've been doing a job uh freelance for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And um uh, I prefer and I, I prefer paylance. Oh, Don Heron joke. <laughs> You see, here <laughs> I work freelance, but I want to work freelance. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trick, by the way. <laughs> if over- you're doing your hit character, yeah. make sure you laugh at your own damn oh, okay, joke. You go, <laughs> 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 and so, if no one else is laughing, you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I what I. Uh, was talking about before was uh i i had uh, a fella asked asked me to write some jokes for his fringe play okay uh, and uh, and and did that and that was a lot of fun and uh, he recommended me to you know other people i've been writing things for their shows as well that's great. and uh some some stand-up routines as well i've been helping people out with wow and then i had someone ask me yesterday uh, would you be a dramaturge for my uh, for for my show? And I was like, let me look up what that means. <laughs> and I looked it up, and it was like, oh, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm a dramaturge, so that's wow. what you do. Yeah, wow, you, wow. you go over uh, the work and uh, polish and, and the, polish it up, shine up a little bit. You polish the turge. Oh, jeez. You polish the the, <laughs> the turge. <laughs> 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 Woo! <laughs> Ain't that something? See, that would be your catchphrase. That's then. good. Yeah, they ain't that, that something? Yeah, there. you are. Okay,
1: this will be. Oh, maybe mine's is a. Uh...
0: Well, that's lipstick on a pig. <laughs> that's lipstick on a pig. That's a good one. Yeah,
1: That's a good one. That's good. I like it. Yeah, I gotta steal. And it.
0: then you hear this sound effect.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe afterwards. <laughs> Sounds like you're close to your dog. <sighs> yeah, a little bit.
0: <laughs> you're not wrong. But I wrote. I wrote a joke like yesterday for uh, for a play that these uh, people were doing. Yeah, and uh, it. It made me laugh because it <laughs> snuck up on me and I was like, oh, I didn't even know I was writing that joke. And then I wrote that joke. Yeah. And it was a, it was a thing where it was about a boat that was sinking. Yeah. And there actually was someone who was just recently knighted on this boat, hmm. like by the queen. And then uh, they they ended up, uh, you know, uh, falling off the boat or they, they drowned. What and uh, yeah, it's there's more to it than that, but I can't, I don't want to tell you too much about the play to respect the the people. But here's the things you got to know: it the boat hit an iceberg. Okay, the boat was sinking. Yes, Uh, one of the first people that like drowned was a knight, literally Mm. a knight who someone was knighted by the queen. Yeah, Uh, and uh, and I have one of the characters go, well, he was a knight to remember. and i wrote that just as like yeah. just as the saying a night to remember yeah. and then i was like what the hell is that from then i looked it up and of course it's a movie about the, the titanic, titanic yeah, okay. and it was just like all right that's a perfect joke <laughs> i just like walked around the room high fiving <laughs> myself I was just like that's a perfect fucking joke didn't mean to write it it was mm-hmm. an accident mm-hmm. it just stumbled on yeah. there you go we're fine
1: i was going to ask if you resent sometimes that you're giving people jokes but in that case that's Mm-mm. a joke that's a joke that you would never occur to you really in your own you know or it's unlikely to occur to you in your day-to-day writing it's just you're specifically writing to their story so the jokes are tailored just for what they're what they need i guess so.
0: yeah i mean when i'm writing uh like joke jokes for people like sometimes someone will go like here's the character i've got and i'm like okay and i'll write 10 jokes for that character and so you know i'll look at the jokes that they're doing and it's like okay their jokes are about you know uh, I, I I go too far, you know, like I go too far in relationships, I go too far when I'm out, or I've got no boundaries, or something like okay, all right. Yeah. So it's fun to like write jokes f- for, for that specific, you know, type of person or someone who just wants a surreal take. Yeah. Sounds like they're giving you like straightforward advice, but then there's a really bizarre twist, you know, is there angle there that they're malicious or is there a- angle there that they're innocent and they don't know really what they're saying? Sure. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah. it's that's fun to do. But I don't no. I don't. Uh, I don't feel any resentment for like giving away jokes. In fact, there was a thing where I, I went through like all these old jokes that I had, and I kind of was sorting through them, going like, "Well, I'm never going to use these. Yeah, these don't work for me and what I'm doing. Some of them are just like straight joke jokes. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't really do joke jokes. There's no place of just like, well, a baba da ba is a baba da ba, but a baba da ba da ba ba. It's like, okay, <laughs> that only works if you're doing. You know, like a Stephen Wright type act or an yeah, Emo yeah. Phillips type act. You know, it's like okay, that that works for that. So if someone was doing one, of the, I I don't mind like you know giving and or selling them those jokes. Yeah, that's okay. yeah, yeah. But I always think there's more. You know, sure, I, I think sure, there's hopefully yeah. hopefully the well has stuff <laughs> in it. I hope. <laughs> yeah. You want to hit the bottom. I, I mean, someone could say, and again, I'm saying this as, you know, maybe you think what we're doing here is rambling. And you're probably damn well right. But the idea of like that we're that we we're do three hours of yip-yap uh, <laughs> a, a week, I can see how someone would go like, how the hell could you do that? Mm-hmm. How do you do, aren't you going to run out yeah. of stuff to talk about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Not so far. Yeah. Yeah. Usually at the 20-minute mark. Yeah, that's true. But then you get to your second win, yeah. and you just go, "Ah, oh, fuck it! It doesn't have to make sense." <laughs> that's Just pull through. Yeah, yeah. I had that when I was working on uh, the Eleventh Hour, sketch comedy show I did, and uh, it was the the writers were me and my friend Roger. Yeah, uh, and two we, really good writers. Oh, thanks. It would be interesting if you said like one really good writer, <laughs> or three. That would be interesting too. That would yeah. be like, oh, that's a thinker. That's a, that's a surreal take, all right. A, yeah, a real surreal <laughs> time. Um, but, uh, which actually there is a way that you could actually think about that as all right, Anyway, I could explain yeah, that you to wrote, you later. If you
1: wrote together, then that's a the third person.
0: No, okay, maybe, but there is, another, <laughs> there is another way that's actually does make some logical sense. Okay. I could tell you later okay. on, but I'll tell you that later on. Sure, sure. Uh, and I'll tell you guys in person, but I'm not going to say it on the air anyway. Um, <laughs> But uh, we had like one of the uh, network uh, people uh, asking us, you know, uh, do you want to open this up to freelance writers? And we we're like, no, I'd rather us just be us because it'll keep the tone tight. And I was like, but you know, you've got all this uh, time to fill. You know, <laughs> what if you run out of ideas? And it was just, it look, like, I understand why they're saying that, like, yeah, yeah. A, like a safety thing, in most uh you know tv shows is you got a writer's room of a lot of writers yeah Be- and it's because then you get some sort of you know guarantee that you're going to have material every week because of like yeah. even this amount dry up the other people are going to have something sure. and, and maybe there is some consistency to having a group whereas we could have wild uh, you know swings where we're uh, having dry weeks or something but when i heard that it was just like well we're not going to run out of ideas because this is what we do yeah like, what do you, his, yeah, yeah, it's just like, what, what, what have you guys run out of milk at the dairy farm? I was like, yeah, maybe, but yeah. it's not, probably not going to happen. No, you're right. Well, it. let's put other animals in there. Let's get some cats in there in case you have to milk them. It's like, no, 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 it's fine. We'll just keep the cows. And when you do that a lot, when you write
1: sketches a lot, and I don't do that anymore, but when I did, your mind is always like, oh, is this a sketch? Mm-hmm. Oh, is this, a, oh, this would be, this would make a good sketch. You know, oh, that that's a good idea. You know, you're always like, thinking about it and whatever occurs to you or whatever you see you're thinking about in terms of is this material or can I use this or just ideas pop in your head because yeah that's the way your subconscious is working it's always mining you know looking for something that you can write about and that's for that's that's sure for sure and you can't you know yeah exactly I can see you know I can see like well like kids in the hall like they wrote most of their stuff for like a for a couple seasons and then it started to like writers started to accumulate around the show, and I mean I know they had some at the beginning, but they, it kind of got bigger and bigger as they went on. The and that were. was
0: mostly because just uh, because they were writer performers, yeah. All of them were performers, yeah. So you know they wouldn't have the time because mm-hmm. you know, they were shooting these elaborate film sketches as well as their live sketches, which yeah. they had to memorize. Yeah. So like you didn't have the time to like beforehand write all this material mm. and then uh, and then and then do it so yeah and they they brought in you know frank uh frank van Keeken. Sure. it was like one of the original kids yeah, in the yeah. hall and other uh his cock so many yep you
1: see his name all over the place now like if you watch like community or not community yeah, parks and rec like any of those kind of shows he kind of i think king of the king of the hill as well he was that's possible
0: I yeah think he, they did a lot of work yeah
1: yeah, I think, that, I think
0: you know, if they had more time, they might have, like, just kept doing it themselves. Sure, sure. But it's also sometimes, it does help to get, like, a fresh perspective on, mm-hmm. on something, as long as you've got someone who gets the tone. Yeah, yeah.
1: And those guys were people who they knew for a long time, so that tone was easy for them to... mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: And they opened it up even them. more this time around, and I still think it worked. Like, they had a really good season that they just did, mm-hmm, so... Mm-hmm who Who knows? Maybe I was wrong to uh, deny the other writers. Maybe we would have got a second season. What the heck do I know? I, don't, I
1: know nothing. Uh, yeah I don't I don't know if CBC works that way anyway. You know, I think they work on the uh,
0: the idea that went there you go. Yeah, I mean, where I do think it it runs into tr- problems is if you've had the same writers in a writer's room for a very, very long time, and then the only references they've kind of got are being a TV writer. In a writer's room, okay, you know, and I, I guess I see I see that with something like The Simpsons, okay, where uh, it does feel like, oh boy, you know, just you know, <laughs> all these things feel like things that writers would write, but you don't have the pers- you don't have a twist on a realistic situation. You have a twist on a comedic premise, yeah, yeah, and so there's nothing grounded about it. So it it never ends in a place where you go satisfying because you've got to either end it realistically or you've got to end it on such a high joke uh that it's like that's fine then i'll then i'm cool with that but instead it it ends it on a and then that plot is resolved (laughs) it's like yeah but it's not a joke and it's also not a situation so it's just ending in this like limbo land of like yeah i guess things will we'll see you next week everybody (laughs) We'll be back, waving hands at the door. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: I guess the problem with Simpsons, thinking about it, is, which I've never done before, but thinking about it, is that the people who were innovative have gone on to innovate other
0: things. Or tried to and then gone back. And have come back. Because it didn't work. Yeah. Because but... you got people that tried their own shows, mm-hmm. they didn't work. So now they're back at their forever home. Okay. Okay. So they've like lost that spirit as well, mm-hmm. it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, of like, oh, well, will and then I'll go and I'll, nope, this is fine. I was like, mm, <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And now it feels like they're trying to ground it in a, a bit of reality because they've got some new writers in. Mm. But it feels tonally poof. It just feels like kind of tonally off in that things don't escalate comedically in a way that they need to. And it feels more like uh, plots that you'd get. Like it used to be that The Simpsons... Uh, okay, it started off. The Simpsons were like, you know, amazing, and they were the groundbreakers. And you yeah, know, yeah, you take a you you take a realistic situation. It started like first season, like take a realistic situation, now exaggerate it, yeah, and you know, uh, make it like a, a a more shocking version of a sitcom because a sitcom would never do that. Then you got Conan O'Brien coming in and add surrealistic elements to it with like Marge versus the monorail and that kind of thing. And like, okay, now we can do like anything and really have some 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 fun with that. And then it became. Uh, you had uh, Family Guy and and South Park, and they became the hot shows, and so The Simpsons got a little mean, you know. <laughs> and you got jerkass Homer, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, and they were pushing the boundaries, but it was like, oh, that doesn't really work with with these characters because it's just too mean. Yeah, and you get Homer, you know, uh, being sexually assaulted by a panda, and you're like, no, I don't think so. Maybe on South Park, but not our Family Guy. But that, yeah. this does not. Not uh, even a family guy. He'll fight a chicken. He'll fight a giant chicken, but I'm, I'm sure animals have uh, <laughs> in fact know. I do know some animals have like sexually assaulted Peter <laughs> uh, on, on that show. I'm sure So you know, and then it got into, you know, a vague area for a long period of time and now it feels like they're trying to do kind of a Bob's Burgers type thing. Okay. Because that's the thing, you know, it's like okay. that was getting the praise that they, they were getting and, and that's more of a reality based show with occasional musical numbers and also is very uh positive about you know they don't really make fun of anybody you know they uh you know, everyone is kind of celebrated and, and given a, a wide, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's given is given respect and it doesn't to have it doesn't judge
1: jokes. its characters. They just are who they are. And yeah,
0: like I remember, they like, can be
1: good or bad, but we're not judging them. They're just yeah. Who I they mean, are.
0: one of the first one of the, in the first season, Bob's doing crack with uh, you know, sex workers, and uh, you know, uh, some of them are transgender, and it's like yeah, and this would be the mean joke in another show, but here it's just like yeah, it just. Bob's driving a cab at night, and so he's exposed to this other world. And the and the crack thing was just a thing where, like, he came home, you know, after like hanging out with, you know, these these people, and he was like, "Yeah, I think I did crack. Yeah, I think I did." Anyway, and it's just like I was like, "Oof, that's a that's a bit that's a bit odd." Yeah. But everything's kind of grounded, and so I think that you know, and so in the last season. You know there's a there was a story with Homer and Marge where they went out into the wilderness, and there was very few jokes and at one point, like a Wolverine attacks and Homer beats it to death with a rock to to the point of it like blood spattering up on on him yeah, and it, again, it's not played for laughs, it's played for you know he's defending Marge, and so he's beating a Wolverine to death with a rock, and it's like oh boy, you know and and there was a lot of people who liked the episode. But it was like I don't know if I don't know if the show can stretch this far to this. I don't yeah. think you've earned this. I can see why you'd want to do this because it seems like an edgy thing that another show would do, but it just doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't feel like that to me. But I don't know. I don't know.
1: I have to admit I have not watched the show in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> a long, long time. Yeah, probably my, daughter, a lot of people my, my daughter's lives a long time. You know. Yeah. Is this like, their 30th season starting or something this year? Could be, could be longer. I think it's 30th season, which is pretty crazy. Like, I remember when it started, obviously. Maybe it's more than 30 seasons. Maybe 34 seasons. Something crazy like that. There's a lot. Anyway, yeah. when they said
0: it's the 34th season. The only season. one that seems crazier is, like, Saturday Night Live. But Saturday Night yeah. Live, uh, you know, changed the cast. Yeah, I always feel like The Simpsons is a social experiment. Where you're like, what if Saturday Night Live never changed the cast <laughs> and just kept the, same or the cast. writers? Yeah, are the writers really like yeah. they built some some of them, but the main writers never left. Yeah, you know, and it's like,
1: okay, what well, what would it be like? I guess somehow, I guess George Meyer, I think, would have been considered a pretty major part of the original Simpsons, and he's gone now, right?
0: Well, maybe he's still there. I, I think like Schwartzwelder is still like you yeah. know on on staff. Al Jean is still there mm-hmm. you know yeah, um, yeah a couple of the, a couple of the old timers are still there matt matt graining's still there yeah and he's he's still part of you know the squad on that mm-hmm. yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know i mean obviously i've got some prejudice uh to this because i wrote like the comic book yeah for a long period of time so you know uh i always had to like watch the show and make sure i wasn't doing s- stories that were similar to the show and there was always a thing where it's like, oh, okay, it doesn't feel like we're doing the same things. And mm-hmm. when we were doing Treehouse of Horror stories, you know, we wouldn't uh, do the same stories for the most part. Yeah, you know? it's like okay, that's fine. And it's weird this year because they're doing a Death Note story. And what? Uh, yeah, that's that's been done already though. Yeah do you know by who by you and nina yeah that's right so uh they're, they're doing a death note story which is just weird to be doing a death note story yeah it's like okay that's that's a not, bit of a not very timely odd, odd. yeah first of all the timing's weird yeah but again there was a there was a tv uh version of that on netflix like two years ago or maybe a little more more than that now i think with Nat.
1: i think with nat wolf or alex wolf i think playing okay okay the... But was a ter- enough time it was that, awful, though, that enough time that I could
0: see that's when they would have gone. Hey, mm-hmm. this,
1: yeah,
0: let's yeah. do that, and it's fine. But it's just very strange because again, we did a version of this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was looking at the designs for the characters, and Nina really designed the characters really well and gave them all that Simpsons look, but also manga. Yeah. And in this case, they just went full manga. Yeah. Didn't do the Simpsons look, but just like, eh, it just feels a little, to be honest, lazier. <laughs> uh, and I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Uh, but, it yeah, it feels weird. It just feels weird. And also... This year they're doing uh two they're doing two Halloween specials. One is a uh, short short episodes, and one of those is the Death Note one. Yeah, and one they're going full on uh, full episode length, and they're going to be doing a parody of it, which doesn't bother me as much. Because, but but I did do uh, a story about it. Mm. You know we we did we did that as well. Yeah, I was like oh, okay. All right, that's that one's fine, but the ne- the Nina one uh, to me is is kind of special. Yeah, and so yeah, it just feels weird that was like
1: okay, just just weird. So this is the TV version of it. They're going to do like a like a t- like an animated version of Death the Death Note story. Yeah, like they're okay.
0: Every every year they do the Treehouse of Horror right. and they do three yeah, usually yeah. three short stories that are parodies of something. Uh-huh. And so this year they're doing one episode that's a full length. It Stephen King's It. And then one episode that's three, I think at least three, uh, short stories. One is The Babadook, uh, mm-hmm. one, which makes sense. That's good. Uh, one is uh, Death Note, which I guess makes sense. And uh, uh, another one's kind of an obscure uh, uh, film, or like that I'm, I'm not 100% sure okay. what it is.
1: Okay. Yeah. You think they would do something like that... I I'm sorry if I'm, I'm butchering his name, but that... His name like Ninja Ito, you know, that uh, horror... Co- that manga. Yeah, 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 Like, he's all the rage right now. Everyone's yeah, 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 yeah. loving all that stuff. That would be more make more sense to yeah, me. Yeah, what's up like,
0: with that? Do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, if we were doing the comics still, yeah, I'm sure we'd we'd be covering that ground in, yeah. to, to some degree. Yeah.
1: You'd have to read some of <laughs> those stories. Ugh. They're be pretty, pretty, pretty disturbing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My favorite one is... Uh,
0: with the whole holes in the... Yeah, uh, that's
1: the one. Nina sent me that one because I didn't really know who he was, and she uh, sent me that story... And, uh, yeah, that was mind blowing. So, so, it's just so, it's so, I don't know what the word is. It's like, you understand that idea like of being drawn to this thing that's like made for you. Yeah. And then you,
0: how could you not? How could you not? It's made for you. It's
1: made for you. Exactly. Yeah. You found this place that you fit. And then when you come out of it, Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It's, he's very good though. There's a episode of, uh, man, Ben with, with him. Oh Yeah. Yeah, because he also does cat comics as well.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah.
1: So he does these really like
0: I've seen the images of the cat body biting. Horror. Yeah, cat biting someone.
1: He does. Yeah, he does this is really body horror stuff. But then he also does uh, he also does um, these really or these cute cat stories. And so the man Ben one is in a cat cafe, is where they they do their talk. He and, and uh, oh my gosh, you know who I'm talking about? Kurosawa. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, I'm, just
0: to, I'm just trying to i'm just speaking of go uh, ahead please
1: speaking of anthologies hit me i just uh re and that's something i don't do very often but i rewatched Creepshow.
0: show oh okay because
1: I, I heard someone excla- exclaiming over it and i was like really creep show that's something you would exclaim over because I, I remember watching it as a Teenager and thinking that it was mediocre at best And there was Creepshow 2, right? I've not seen it and Which I've...
0: one had Ted Danson in the it? The first one Okay, that was the one buried up to his neck Yes, yes. Okay And so, so I rewatched oh, it Oh, sorry, I was just going to say real quick Oh, yeah Creepshow 2, I believe, was the one that had the uh, kids that were in the middle of a lake That were uh, on a floating deck and there was something that was in the water that was like a an oh. ooze that was around, okay. and they had to make the decision to you know swim to shore or basically d- die on the deck. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was one of the creepiest freaking things. It was yeah. really disturbing. That but okay, b- b- but please,
1: that sounds pretty good. That's Stephen King's always good with kids in his stories, I think. But anyway, um, I can't remember what I was going to talk about. Oh, creep show. So I just rewatched it because I was kind of curious. And there's a lot of um, uh, Romero movies available, like right now I, I don't know what's happened but like there's a bunch available on tubi but there's also a bunch on shutter so you can watch uh, martin and 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 um the what's that one called the one about the people who get like the the gas that drives them makes them into psychotic cra- the crazies oh yeah yeah I was say, psychotic crazies oh yeah it's called the crazies um yeah those are all like available on right now so so i just thought well i'll watch creep show and and uh and just kind of rewatch it, right? And and why did I not like it as a kid? And what do I think about it now? Mm-hmm. And actually, I actually appreciated it more now. I Maybe mean, because I watched it in a not pan and scan way, because I didn't see it in the theater. I just watched it on home video, so I just watched it on a square TV. And I think the movie needs a bit more mm-hmm. breathing breathing is room. Is
0: there a, what's the wraparound for it, or is there a wraparound? There's for? a
1: wraparound, which is Stephen King's son Joe. Uh okay. is a kid. Who, he's um.
0: Lost an award to him. I don't care for that. Either. You don't care for Joel. Yeah, yeah. uh, no, he was very nice.
1: And so his uh, dad, played by Carpenter regular, whose name I can't remember now, Atkins. His last name is Atkins. But anyway, he um he's like the he's this mean dad, like a bullying dad to this boy, and takes away his his EC comic or Creepshow comic, and okay. and throws it in the garbage. And then, okay,
0: so the idea it's Tom Atkins.
1: Tom Atkins. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so this is was Creepshow an EC comic, or was no, it but just a kind it, of riff on? There's the a riff on the, Tales on the EC comic. That's and, right. Yeah.
1: So they have they have a witch who flies up and is like appears at the window of this of of this little boy's room, and then he and he looks at her and he's kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's not very good acting, but he's kind of like smiling at her like, oh, here's my friend, the witch, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and then and then it becomes animated, and then okay. they do like kind of animated connections between each. So they... Done in the EC style? Done in the, then in, an, in a kind of EC style. But yes, yeah, it's done by Jack Kamen, who was an EC artist. Oh, okay, all right. He wasn't a super regular guy for the horror stuff. He was more of a romance comic guy, and he later did the fantastic EC New Direction comic Psychoanalysis. Analy- Psycho oh, fantastic. What a comic. Really
0: made you think about your mother. <laughs> about your mother.
1: They <laughs> <laughs> solved everyone's problems in eight pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have the, I have that collection of, because it, they have, those EC New Directions ones are like everywhere. The Russ Cochran versions
0: of it, you know, like the, yeah. those beautiful Rush, Rush, Russ Cochran. Well, here's what I say: if you've things, got all the uh, editions of uh, Psychoanalysis comics, yeah. you've got issues. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, oh. <laughs> Don't forget to put your laugh in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a no. That's a smarty pants joke. Oh, okay. That's the, that's a guy with like uh, a pipe and a pipe. like patches on his. Then you've got issues. <laughs> and the little nod, knowing nod, and a wink to the camera. Wink. And then a bully punches him in the head. <laughs> Pow!
1: <laughs>
0: that, Socrates. And then everyone goes, yay, to the bully. <laughs> and they carry him out like a hero.
1: <laughs>
0: um, okay, so Joe Hill is talking to a witch.
1: Well, yeah, there's not even any talking in the scene, so he's like a featured extra. He doesn't even get that much money okay. for this role. All
0: right. But is is Joe Hill getting beaten up by this uh guy, the it's old It's more guy? yelling. Okay. Oh no, he does slap him. Oh, there's come up It's coming. Red. There. Yeah, there's yeah. come up and's coming. Alright, here yeah. we go. Later on there's a comeuppance. All right.
1: That's the last part of the movie. Yeah, I'm betting. But yeah, it has like so the first story is about uh
0: It's, it's called it's, Father's Day.
1: Father's Day, that's right. It's a terrible oh, they're all terrible people in this story. But it does have Ed, it does have uh, Ed Harris in it. Mm. So a young Ed Harris. Who I guess was a friend of George Romero's in in uh, Pittsburgh. Okay, and so he uh, was roped into doing this film.
0: So this was uh, this came out in eighty two. Okay, so you get an idea. That's yeah,
1: right. so Ed Harris must have just been on the kind of beginning of his of his career at that time, and then Ted Danson, like a year away from Cheers, is on it as well. And Leslie in Nielsen's
0: in it, but not the funny oh, Leslie Nielsen. So yeah, good though. Yeah.
1: He is so good in this in that movie. Like he's think, a good actor, man. He is a really good actor. Oh. It's such a so a good actor, and he's so nuanced. Like his, he just plays this really relaxed. He's like a uh, he's a combination like psych, psychopath, but also a, a, a video like um. What do you call him? Like a a video file. Like he's, he's like he goes to Ted Danson's place to basically confront him about cheating with his on with you know cheating with his wife with with leslie nielsen's wife but while well, he's there he's fixing his uh his vcr and getting it to work better and stuff like that and saying you know you need to do this or that to this thing this is not uh blah, blah, blah. you know he's giving all those tips and uh that's yeah that's i can't remember what that one's called but it's that's a good one yeah because he yeah they do get buried up to their neck and the tides coming in yeah and that he can see his you know his lover She's the first victim of, of Leslie Nielsen. He could be, oh, he has it playing on closed circuit television. So you also get a lesson in closed circuit TV for in the circuit nineteen eighty-two. And that's pretty good. But uh yeah, yeah, he's really good. Uh Ted Danson's good in it too. Like I I was uh I have to say, like, I didn't think it was like super successful. You know, like the Stephen King one is it's okay. It's kind of silly. Uh he plays like a he basically plays like a hee-haw character yep. who discovers a meteor that's come down and, and the story is basically... He pokes it? He picks it up.
0: Oh, that's a mistake. Well, that's there. mistake
1: number one. Yeah, he burns himself for one thing, but also he gets covered in uh, in this sort of green growth that uh, takes over and turns him into a, into a plant monster. And,
0: uh, yeah... Has anyone ever done the horror movie trope, though, of like uh, one of those meteors like hits the ground, yeah, and then like uh, like you get like a dinosaur comes up to it and just like, huh, oh, what's this about? And just starts poking. It's like, and then it, it, that's what killed the dinosaurs <laughs> yeah. was. It was like, oh, it's a horror movie meteor. Yeah, that's yeah. what was. That's the sure, situation. Sure, sure, Yeah, And it's a hick dinosaur too. <laughs> well, oh, iPhone. That's right. Oh, well, there's a meteor here. let <laughs> get it? Well, um, he
1: has got a
0: very small brain. You can't blame him. That's why he sounds like that. <laughs> And the mammal's going, I wouldn't do that. And it's like, get out of here, you dumb mammal. I, I resent what
1: you're trying to imply there. The south will rise again.
0: Tilt <laughs> um, to the brain of my tail.
1: <laughs> it just controls my tail. So, and then, then there's the, the crate, which has Hal Holbrook and Adrian Barbeau. Okay, and that's that's kind of like it's the longest one too. It's it's a it's like a good chunk of the movie for that for that one.
0: And what's the idea behind the crate?
1: The crate is they find this at uh, this this kind of small college town. You get introduced to Hal Holbrook and his horrible wife, played by Adrian Barbeau, who's just a you know just a crass uh, alcoholic. You know, she's uh, really mean, Meany, yeah. yeah,
0: but to be fair, she's Adrian Barbeau, and you're Hal Holbrook. Yeah, quit complaining, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. You got like Adrian Barbeau, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Another uh, John Carpenter uh, regular showing up in the, in the movie, right? And, and then, she's also
0: she was also in Swamp Thing. Yep, another kind of horrorish yep. uh, movie. She and Carpenter were married for a while too. Oh, okay. And also in Maud. she was a regular on Maud. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, when when she came along, and then, <laughs> um, yeah. So there's like this, they find this crate, and it turns out there's like a creature inside it. Okay. That's hungry because it's been like under the stairs for less (laughs) since the 1800s or (laughs) 1900s.
0: Okay. All
1: right. Like 1800s, yeah. That's a big premise. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, the whole story is that as soon as Hal Holbrook hears about this thing, he's like, how can I get my wife close to that box? So then it's just him taking her there, and and then she gets eaten by the monster, and he's free of his wife.
0: Hmm. That's the end of that, pretty much. And then what? Like the, the creature just keeps staying under the stairs. He's no, hungry still he what?
1: takes the crate and he dumps it into a, a, a quarry full of water. Okay. To kill the kill the beast. And does it work? Uh, well, it ends with the thing breaking out of the box. Yeah. So
0: I don't think it worked. Yeah, of course it doesn't. Dumb, <laughs> dumb. Also, you're not going to marry better than Adrian Barbeau. No. That's 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 how he'll work. Like a week later, going like that was a mistake. Yep. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> um. Yes, it's weird. It's because it's it's almost like you know, you know, it, it it's it's almost like well, I don't know whatever character actor you go like, uh, who's the guy from Marty? Uh, uh, Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine. So it's yeah. Ernest Borgnine, and he's married to Raquel Welch, and he's like, <laughs> my wife's a real lax. Yeah, who cares? She's rat Ra- 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 Raquel Welch. Yeah, I gotta find a way to kill her. No, you don't. You're stupid. Don't be stupid. Yeah. you got Raquel Welch. The there. brain in my tail is telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I have
1: two brains telling me to do things. Both it's, of them are dumb. <laughs> it's both a, dumb brains. It's not a smart brain. Um, and then the final one, which which is a which is a, a teen. I found this is the one I found like the most effective. Okay. I still think it's the most effective, which was with um, E.G. Marshall as kind of like a Howard Hughes like tycoon who's living in like this antiseptic. Uh, penthouse apartment mm. and he doesn't like cockroaches sure and then cockroaches start appearing in his apartment as he's like dealing with like he's apparently uh taken over some company and the owner of the company you know subsequently killed himself and so his widow calls and she's mad at him and cursing him out and he's just like i don't care he wasn't tough enough to you know la- last in this world blah, blah blah you know and basically it's the cockroaches are sort of the the sy- symbolic of People he's crushed in his in his rise to power and and uh, he gets his comeuppance. Let's put it that way. Yeah, pretty shockingly. And they apparently they had had to send these two guys down to ah, I can't remember where. i put Trinidad is in my mind, but I don't know if it was Trinidad. But somewhere down down there in, so, in Central America, maybe Central America, maybe like in the in the in the in the West Indies there. But, because these cockroaches live in bat guano. So what they would do is they would dig a hole, like a two-foot hole in the ground, Yeah. turn out the light, and when they turned it back on, it, that hole would be full of cockroaches. Okay. And they would scoop them out and put them into containers. Right. And then they they had enough to pretty much fill like a six-by-six a six room. Okay.
0: So when they... Okay, so here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. Mm. So they got these guys, yeah. and uh, and they're having to dig a big hole in batshit. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then they wait for the cockroaches to show up. Yeah. And then, the, by the way, we've lost a couple of people I know uh, listening to the podcast right <laughs> now. They're gone. Why? Because they're not listening to a story about cockroaches. <laughs> this is awful. Okay, so they dig the. It's bat- called them cockroaches then. Right. They dug the batshit hole. Yeah. The cockroaches show up. <laughs> they get a bag or whatever they do a net. I don't care what it is a yeah. container. Yeah. And they have to run and get as many cockroaches into this container as possible. Yeah. Seal it up. Yeah. Repeat process. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah and then uh someone hears what they're doing like that's awful what you should quit and then they would go and give up show business <laughs> exactly yeah cuz that's exactly. what show business yeah, yeah. Is, right it's exactly i'm it. also like just picturing all these american cockroaches just going like you know what you know we we asked too much money that was our problem our you union know, was too strong Our union know. was too strong they, they busted the union We said to them You know We gotta pay a system yeah, What are you gonna do Go dig a, a hole In some batshit In uh, somewhere else And uh, gather up A whole bunch of cockroaches They won't even speak English They won't be able To take direction That's right Yeah You have to say Vamos Or uh, I don't know any other words In Spanish yeah, I wouldn't know that I'm a cockroach I'm anyway an what, do you, cockroach. What, do what do you think Listen I worked on the French Connection <laughs> Okay. I was in uh, Popeye Doyle's apartment. That's right. And uh, I run by at one point to establish that he's a big fucking slob. And people went like, oh, I get it. You know, they're going to tell. They're going to know it's not an American cockroach. They're going to go, where was this shot? And it's going to take them right out of the movie. Right out of it. And like, good luck. Good luck getting a sequel. Good luck. Anyway. Uh, I am uh, gonna. Uh, I got an audition for this thing called Joe's Apartment. Have you heard about this? I got a dance in it. I don't know, but, you know, I, I went to Juilliard, and uh, it all makes sense. A pile of bat guanos,
1: a pile of back guano, that's what I always say.
0: You know Joe's Apartment is about cockroaches, right? I did not know that. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Jerry O'Connell, and uh, it was based on, I think, like an MTV series of shorts. But then they did a full movie, and it was about a guy who kind of like befriends all the cockroaches in an apartment. They do musical numbers and stuff. there
1: and was thinking it was just a Sousa in Vegas song.
0: So what happens to uh, slappy uh, slappy relative? I assume he falls down some stairs. Who's slappy relative? Uh, the, uh, the 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 guy who slaps Joe Hill.
1: Oh, uh, does the witch get him? So a couple of garbage men go by, and they find the they find the show comic in the garbage where where Tom Atkins had died has thrown it. Okay, one of them played by. Um, that's the guy's name. Oh, I can't remember his name now. But he's he's a famous makeup guy. Tom know. Savini? Tom Savini, yes. Yes. Because yeah. yes, he was a friend of
0: It's going to always obviously. be Tom Savini. <laughs> Especially at this level. If, you, if you've if you got a movie, yeah. it, let me let me ask you this much. Okay. Are there any decapitations in this movie? There, this is a pretty mild film. Like it was not. So no one's, no like uh,
1: severed heads? No. No. Okay. No, no severed All right, heads. Because
0: that's usually what you get in a Tom Savini sure, movie.
1: Sure, sure. All right. He's an expert of that. All right you know but he also he also branched out into werewolf stuff
0: yeah no well i mean that was where the money was at
1: yeah yeah if you could do like a 50 minute long werewolf uh changeover you were you were uh, in the money
0: well dave i don't want to call you a liar uh-huh. but i just i was looking at the page here yeah i've got a i've got a reference here to a severed head that was covered with frosting and candles oh you're right that's but a Tom isn't, Savini.
1: But it's you don't see it severed. I was thinking thinking of it being severed in your in your No, no,
0: Tom Savini will make a head for you that mm-hmm. will be your duplicate head. He'll yeah, yeah, that's head. right. That's part of Father's Day. Okay, very good. You
1: just gave away the the ending of Father's no, Day. No, I just said that you don't know whose head. Oh, that's true. Uh, you didn't give away the ending to Father's Day. Whew, almost spoiled it. Um and so then, yeah. So then, uh, they see the comic book. Tom Savini and his fellow garbage man are looking at this comic, and they're like, "Oh, look at this! I remember reading this as a kid. Oh, what's the? What are we? Cockroaches? And then, uh, <laughs> and then they look, and there's one page where you can get a voodoo doll, but the coupon is missing. So someone has mailed off for a coupon. Okay. Uh, mailed off for a voodoo doll. I wonder who it was. So then, in the house, Tom Atkins is like. You know, like ah, that kid got what he wanted. I or what deserved. I'm just, he, he some need tough love and suddenly he's like, Oh my neck, oh my neck's so sore, oh I'm in such agony, and then they cut to the kid and he's like stabbing this voodoo doll and that's where the movie cool. ends. Here's
0: here's my only problem with that. Is, <laughs> is so you're telling me that like yeah. earlier on this mm-hmm. uh this kid yeah. gets a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we got her set up. Yeah. And then he looks out the window and there's a witch. Yeah. Okay. So the witch is uninvolved in the revenge in any way. It the just happens is, to be that there's a witch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so okay because we got a witch yeah. who is a source of you know witchcraft and that kind of magic, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so he then uh, gets. She a, merely showed him some stories that maybe gave him some ideas. Right, right. She's a witch. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so he then, for his revenge, mm-hmm. knowing there's a witch. Yeah. Uh, was there voodoo in any of these stories? No. So, um, we've established a couple of things. One, that there's... Uh, we don't need any connections between stuff. We don't? No.
1: This mm. is the anthology. There's no connection. There's no, there's no, like, connecting between them. All we're seeing are... The connection between them is the comic page turning in an animated way. And then, and then you see, like, the opening scene right. becomes real. Okay. Goes from and being a drawing all to right. being real. Fair
0: enough. But there's a witch.
1: Yes. And then he,
0: he, in the end, gets yeah. a voodoo doll. Yeah. Voodoo doll. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, again, like, you don't really get in uh, comic books. But, like, um, it just seems unrelated, (laughs) right? Like, it just seems Mm -hmm. like, you know, you start off with a thing and just, like, you know, it's the dad's is like, you better clean your room. Because there's one thing I hate, and that's dust. (laughs) I can't stand dust. If I see one bit of dust, I swear to God. And so uh, then later at the end, uh, he trains some dogs and the dogs eat them. Yeah, he eats, he, eats, he eats the guy. <laughs> Anything to do with the dust? Yeah. What? No. Why? Why would it be dust?
1: I, I'll, I'll agree with you that the witch is kind of like a, a weird, like...
0: Does the witch, like, at the end, like... Does hey, the def- witch show up at the end? Listen, I don't want to defend this movie because okay, I'm, no, no, I'm not cool. a huge fan no, of this No, no, I'm film. fine. I'm fine. Okay. But, like, okay, so, so he's doing the voodoo stuff. Yeah. Do we then pan to the window and the witch is there going like, well... That's, uh... Why don't you
1: ask me? I could have given you some spell city or something. No. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we don't pan to the witch? No, because the witch doesn't speak. The witch doesn't speak? No, because they didn't want It's wanna... just a silent witch at the window? Yeah,
1: they didn't want to connect it too closely to Tales from the Dead because they were afraid of getting... Cripped, yeah. Or Tales from the Crypt getting, uh, you know, kind of slapped for uh, infringing on someone else's... Okay, so then uh, the, the Tales from the Crypt becomes its own show. Uh, but they... there was a movie, there was a Tales from the Crypt movie that had been made in the 70s as a british uh, film called tales from the crypt using the characters from the comics
0: okay then i've got i've got multiple questions okay <laughs> okay is it can i give multiple answers like please okay so a i'm i'm familiar with mm-hmm. um tales from the crypt the television show sure which has and i forget the guy's name jim something jim cummings uh does the voice of the crypt keeper uh what, and, Ernest? no oh, okay that's uh, jim varney oh i'm sorry Jim Cummings is a, uh, a voiceover guy who does a lot of cartoon okay, stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, but he was the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and he know.
1: speaks like this: <laughs> "Hey, boys and
0: ghouls, yeah, that kind of business." So, in I'm the, a sardonic dead person. That's right. I've got a lot of puns. Maybe that's why they <laughs> killed me. And I don't even know if I'm dead or not. Am I dead? Am I zombie? What am I? We don't really establish. Um, quit axing so many questions. There you go. Yeah, chop chop. Let's get to it. <laughs> So, uh, so in the British yeah. version, yeah, did they go? Because in the comic, he's not a zombie; he is a a guy. Yeah. who's just a crypt keeper. Yeah, yeah. So, is he just a crypt keeper yeah. in the in the British version? Yeah,
1: they just use the character basically, okay. their version of it. But yeah, as a sort of the o- art, the overarching. Does he do
0: puns, or does he just? Tell I do I've never seen it because I don't it. think he really does puns in the EC stuff either. It's a little punny. A little punny. Yeah, yeah. Because. Okay. You know, they had a sense of humor at EC. Right. And then that got, and then, yeah, so there was the Crypt Keeper, and there was a witch, because that was the... There There was was the old witch, yeah. There was the old witch, and there was a third one, There was a third one who was the... That was the plumber, and it made no sense (laughs) to just, like, I'm just here to fix the sink. But if you want to hear a scary story, uh, okay, how about this guy, uh, scared of spiders, and uh, one day he wakes up, and uh, he's The scary part is when the plumber bends over to do some work. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Tales from the Crack. <laughs> the Crack Keeper. Yeah, the Crack Keeper. Wait, wait till you see my bill. That's the scary bit. Anyway, also the guy turns into a spider. So, oh, and, and the, the woman he loves is a fly. He, so she turns into a fly um, and he eats her. That's, that's, the, that's the twist. Enjoy.
1: So Tales from the Crypt, Haunt of Fear, and I can't remember what the other one was called for EC, which is sad because I <laughs> I have those collections. I have those Russ, Russ Cochran ones. Okay. My favorite, is, my favorite is the one that
0: has its... Um... Zombie Freud for the psychiatrist one. Zombie Freud? Yeah. If it's not one thing, it's your mother. <laughs> yeah, it's that, that kind of thing. You do all those. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But as it turns out, it was a penis. What? Here's a cat who loved his mother. Here, eat a pus puss, puss, puss. <laughs> That's nice. Good job. All right. I'm looking for easy uh, horror uh, oh, okay. hosts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because ha- Haunt of Fear, I believe, is the one that was done by Johnny Craig. He did like the... Vault, le- vault Keeper. The Vault Keeper. Ah, okay. There you go. And I think oh, that was Vault
0: of vault of Horror? Vault of Horror or something like that, yeah. That sounds about right. And, and then, uh, you know, you know I uh, haven't, something haven't went wrong, Michelle you go, it's not year. my vault. Because you had that uh, thick uh, Boris Karloff <laughs> yeah, accent. Right.
1: Yeah, I, kept, I, think ha- I think Haunt of Fear was the one that was uh, Johnny Craig's... Like kind of he sort of edited and he needed the main. He would do the main story at the beginning of each issue, and did a lot of the covers. And they're just his covers. Covers are the best, in my opinion.
0: And uh, okay, so the um, okay, so what were so it was the Crypt Keeper, the Vault Keeper, and the Old Witch. Yep. together they formed a group. Oh, is that right? Uh, They were they were known as one thing. The Sinister Six. It is yeah. It was which made no sense because they weren't very good at math. (laughs) Uh, But do you know what they were called? Uh, the the Something Trio. They were, no, you would, it, listen, it's not going to make a lot of sense. <laughs> okay,
1: let, let me know. The Ghoul Lunatics. The Ghoul Lunatics, okay. Yeah, they see, they had a sense of humor at EC. Mm-hmm. I'm and, not saying much of a sense of humor, but and, it's and, a... And mm-hmm. then some.
0: Okay, so I'm looking right now at uh, at uh, the horror hosts for DC Comics. Uh okay. Okay. So uh, that would be, if we we're going with them, yeah. Kane... Okay. Okay. So that's uh, and he yeah. would be House of Mystery, but also Plop. Oh, really? He also hosted Plop. Plop. Yeah, because Plop was
1: yeah. he was the Count Floyd of DC Comics.
0: Well, both Kane and Abel, and the Cain, uh, sorry, Abel is the the other one who was who hosted the House of Secrets. I see. Uh, very similar, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. Kane was much meaner. <laughs> um, but both of them were hosts of Plop, as well as Eve, their yeah. mum. Yeah, uh, she did the uh, secrets of sinister house and weird mystery tales. But Plop was a horror comedy comic. Uh,
1: so okay. you'd
0: sometimes—I only
1: remember it as having like Basil Wolverton covers.
0: Basil Wolverton covers, but also Sergio Aragonis stories in them as well. Oh, okay, so he would draw Cain and Abel and and introducing stuff and a lot of yeah. uh, nice stuff in the background. Okay, the other ones was uh, Destiny, who later went on to uh, become uh, former band Destiny's Child. That's right, Destiny's Child. You're absolutely right. Uh, no, he was. Uh, he's also part of like the Sandman world now. Oh. Uh, Lucian, who was Tales of Ghost Castle, Lucian also part of the Sandman world. <laughs> Basically, all of these characters are part of the Sandman world. I guess so, and then I you wash got it somewhere the three witches from the Witching Hour also part of the Sandman world. Hmm. Uh, and, but Cynthia was the good-looking one. She was also so. Uh, she, she was like you know the uh, she had hex appeal. Yeah, like there was the mother, the crone, and then you know, hubba hubba, how you doing? <laughs> auga, auga. Yeah, yeah. And there was a wolf off to the side. She was the hitting sir, his head sir, with a
1: shoe. Sarah Jessica Parker of the uh, right the group of the tree. So
0: it was the Witching Hour and Tales of the Unexpected. They hosted. Uh, then there was a Charity uh, from Tales of the Dark Mansion, Madame Xanadu, who was a Dor- Dorian nightmare. My
1: God, what are the? Yeah, they flooded the market.
0: And uh, and then uh, Elvira. Oh, yeah. Who also hosted the uh, House of uh, Mystery uh, books? Yeah, but yeah, it was a lot of that same kind of uh, punishness,
1: and then those
0: ironic twist but stories. The
1: stories are so tame compared to the EC ones, which are pretty, uh, pretty out there.
0: Yeah, they'd be like a story for like House of Mystery would be uh, some kids, and it was Easter, and they'd uh, bite the heads off uh, their chocolate rabbits, and then uh, there'd be a rabbit and would bite one of their heads off. <laughs> Shrug your shoulder, yeah. turn the camera. Huh? What do you think? So that's a yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Like basically, like the, the best part of them was always the covers. The covers were, were good. Yeah. Because you know they they give you the whole thing in, in an image. And be yeah. like Oh, that's good. That's a good creepy image. Nice stuff.
1: Sure. I think. Good job. Probably the better. Things that were going on were creepy and eerie. The the yes the Warren Warren books, yeah, yeah. Those because they'd
0: be, still be leaning full on into the. <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> they
1: had yeah, a, lot of, a lot of young guys who wanted to go back and be be ghastly Graham Ingles or whatever other names they had. I can't remember the. They right. all had a name.
0: Now yeah. you got me. Uh, now you got me wondering what the the hosts were for uh, Warren comics, but uh, <laughs> well, I don't v- know. Well,
1: Vamparella or whatever her name was.
0: Well, Vampirella wasn't a horror host. She uh. had her own. She had her own thing? She had her own uh, deal, yeah. But no, I'm not really sure. Come on. What are we we doing here, Warren? Come on. Maybe they didn't have hosts. No, I think they did have hosts. I think they did. So Vampirella was like kind of their their big start. And then, yeah, it was Creepy Comics, uh, Eerie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what was Creepy? Here we go. Yeah, they didn't have the Comics Code Authority, so they could just like go to town. Yeah. Those are pretty
1: wonderful books, you know, like. The artists like Bernie Wrightson and Rich Corbin and people like that. Yeah. It's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, the other Billy Graham. The other Billy Graham? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a Billy Graham who's an artist yeah. who did a lot of Black Panther comics. Okay, okay. And it was very, very good. Very realistic style. Okay. And also uh, Louise Jones was another artist who uh, worked on those.
1: I think, well, I think other um, some of the people uh, who made... Who
0: then them? became Louise Simonson.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking about, there's that studio of three people that... All, we're all kind of all uh can't remember the name um one was Brittany wrightson who was in it but all, there was other guys who were part of that
0: yeah well you got steve ditko neil adams mm. al williamson and wally wood yeah jeez. yeah murderers row <laughs> gene colon johnny craig <laughs> johnny craig wow yeah uh but he went under the He's name so jay tacy in there so maybe he was going under a fake name i wonder
1: there. why i do they want to tarnish his his EC? Yeah. Maybe he had a different job at that time. Was <laughs> just didn't want to get it connected to uh, horror stuff.
0: Oh, maybe the names of the characters were eerie and creepy. Mm. That's a possibility. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They said uh, they, they wanted... Okay. So they were saying here that they, they wanted like the Laurel and Hardy kind of uh, vibe between the two of them. So creepy and eerie are like Boris Karloff and Peter Lorre. I see. So if you're looking for voices for both of them... Then you got that voice,
1: <laughs> and then you've got that voice. Yes, there was a time in the '80s when it would, thats when you wanted to find those magazines and buy them because mm-hmm. no one cared about them, then. and you get them so cheap. That's how I got all my Spirit ones too. Oh all yeah, yeah, Spirits, because no one, no one could, no one could give a shit about Will Eisner at that time, right? And
0: uh, yeah, there were seventeen issues of the Spirit. And then it was continued by Kitchen Sink Press yeah, afterwards. Yeah I, got, yeah, I have
1: a bunch of those as well. But the thing is, like uh, Warren didn't do them chronologically; they just picked like their favorite stories, and so they're really front end loaded with like a lot of the great stuff is in the Warren, and then uh, Kitchen Sink kind of had just kind of finished it off. But they would Kitchen Sink would also include other characters that because the spirit came as like a supplement in the newspaper. Yeah, so it would have what a spirit
0: eight, eight pages.
1: Something like that. So it would yeah. have like a spirit story. They would have a couple other characters as well, right. and drawn by like other people that uh, Will Eisner knew from his past, like Lou Fine and people like that. Mm. And then they would draw the stories like Domino Lady or something. I can't remember the names now. But uh, and they are fine. But then they're not spirit stories. Like those are just like monumental uh, stories.
0: Vamparella is an interesting character in that uh, people like Vampirella. and yeah, she has been around for she has forever. boobs. Yeah, but so do a lot of other uh, characters. Mm-hmm. They like them too. Yeah, I mean, Phantom Lady never took off like Vampirella and she's gotten got mm, as well. Um, <laughs> but va- yeah, it's 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 odd. like there's been a couple of times where uh, I've been working with an artist, and you know they've we've kind of put together pitches for Vampirella Okay, because that comes up every so often where they're like, we got to revamp this character, and they've revamped her. Well, revampirella this character. Oh, Re- revamp. Well, you know what? You're not wrong. That was one of the characters. <laughs> Like I, I came up with an idea because she has been revamped so much okay. that I was going to uh, do a thing... Uh, possibly with uh, Giselle uh, Legacy, uh, yeah. who would do Exorcistors with, because she really likes drawing Vamparella. <laughs> uh, in fact, there's some drawings of Vampirella with the Exorcistors that she does as commissions. Okay, and they fit together quite well. <laughs> um, but my my premise with her, because uh, I don't think it's going to happen, uh, so I'll say it uh, is like when she dies, uh, she she reboots basically, so she'll come back from the dead, but like as a completely different concept. So. You know, uh, she's an alien, and okay. then like then then she dies, and then she comes back, and you know she's you know a housewife who's very frumpy, and you know uh, but then you know uh, discovers you know the world of vampires, and like you know really comes into her own, and well that's okay, and then she dies, and it's like <laughs> no, she's a superhero as part of this and that, and yeah, she dies, and uh, now it's an Archie type comic, um, because she has come back so many times to so many different things, and she was an alien from mm. like a a Planet of Vampires at one okay, point. So, okay, okay. You know, and none of these things tie in. The
1: Mario Bava film. Planet of the Vampires. Okay. Pretty good.
0: And you know what's not pretty good is her uh, movie with... Um, what's his name from uh, from The Who? Roger Daltrey? Yes.
1: He did a Vampirella movie?
0: Oh my God. <laughs> did he do a Vampirella movie? Huh. Yes. Okay. The answer is yes, he did do a okay. Vampirella movie. And if you want to see him dressed in a Dracula outfit... Just running around. Okay, that's your movie. I see. That's your movie. Him yeah. just running. Yeah. Not shot in a way to make it exciting, but just like <laughs> him at the age he was. Yeah. Running around. Sure. A lot of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of sexy lady in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, fun. It was. Uh, it was a thing. Something. Maybe one. Maybe someday in the in the future, I'll uh, do something with Vamparella. It'd, it'd be kind of fun. She's, she, yeah, how about she
1: to, comes back as a as an ape and be vamp vamp gorilla
0: oh that's not bad mm-hmm. uh, mail that to the 60s probably.
1: <laughs> put it in an envelope send it back in time yeah i'm on oh, it
0: that's interesting what's that okay so she was created by forrest j ackerman oh and, and okay and uh what uh what uh, uh female comic book artist there's a clue there
1: Female comic book artist.
0: Best known probably for her underground work.
1: Oh, okay. So that would be... I can't remember her name now, but... Um, shoot.
0: I have had a couple of dinners with her.
1: Yes. She'd... Have
0: you ever met her?
1: No. Okay. No. She didn't like Robert Crumb. Let's put it that way. No. But I can't remember her name. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, Trina Robbins. Trina Robbins, yes. That's yeah. uh, so it uh, was created by Forrest J. Ackerman, yep. Trina Robbins, Okay. and Frank Frazetta. Wow, because I think he did the first cover, yes. so it really set the tone. Yes, the yep. sexy tone. Yeah, the sec- the sexy tone. <laughs> he said it. Interesting. He
1: drew. He drew a lot of sexy girls for uh, for Little Abner for a while. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he was a back. He was a, a assistant to Al uh, Cap.
0: Where is the damn movie? Talk about the movie. Uh, things. Me. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Nineteen ninety six. Uh, Vampirella film. Huh. Uh, came out uh, from Roger Corman. I see. That, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, there we go. Uh, oof. Okay. It was directed by, I'll tell you what they say. Uh, it was directed by Jim Wynorski. Jim Wynorski. Okay. See, what else has Jim Wynorski done? Not yeah. much. Uh, <laughs> who said in 2013 it was the one film he regretted making. Okay. I can look back on it today and say, oh, well. But back when the memories were fresh and the blood on the floor was yet to dry, <laughs> it was painful to even edit. He said, What went wrong? Wrong choice for the star, massive union problems in Vegas, studio interference, theft, accidents, 112 degree heat you name it, we had it happen. But at least I got to see Soupy Sales perform. <laughs> well, seeing Soupy Sales perform is the best part of your movie, and he's not in the movie. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) So uh is he referring to the actress who played Vampirella
1: or Roger Daltrey as the person running around? Hmm. Hmm. Who was the star?
0: Doesn't Who who played Vampirella? Uh that would be uh Miriam Talisa Soto, who is a uh is known for uh portraying Bond girl Lupe Lamora in License to Kill, remember? No. She, okay. Uh, she was also Katana okay. in Mortal Kombat and its sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh. Yeah? So does
1: that... I've be- seen both those films. I do not know who, who she is. Okay. Uh,
0: she she appeared in magazines such as Mademoiselle, kay. Glamour, and yeah. Elle. Hmm. Yeah. So those are things she did. And then she did... Uh, she was in uh, Mambo Kings. That's oh, nice. that's... Per- no, I've not seen yeah. Mambo Kings. And she was also in... Yeah. Oh, there we go. Wait, wait. Okay. Okay. Uh, she got the role of India and her feature debut, oh, wait a second, Spike of Bensonhurst, a comedy, oh, this all ties in, kay. a comedy starring Ernest Borgnine oh. as a guy who thinks his wife is a real battle axe, and that's her, <laughs> and he just wants to have her killed. <laughs> I can do better. No, you can't. No, you can't. That her brain talking again. Oh, and she married Benjamin Bratt. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who didn't marry Benjamin Bratt? <laughs> Seems like a lot of people married Benjamin Bratt. Oh well. Why do I think that? Yeah. Why do you think that? I don't know. It just feels like he was like he dated someone else who was. Uh, didn't he date Sandra Bullock? I believe so. Yeah.
1: Because they did. Dem- and Julia Roberts. They did Demolition Man together. Yeah. He
0: he married uh, Julia. Not married, but he was uh, he dated Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Tally Yeah. <solo. laughs> Oh, I feel like there's some someone else that, that that makes a lot of sense with this. Anyway, I don't know. I think you're right though about Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah. I seem to remember yeah, the being an so item. So don't you think so? No, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. want telltale's out of school. I think <laughs> <I> Benjamin Brown. <Bratt, laughs> I'm not even in school. I don't I want telltale's. I'm talking about. I think you're letting me down here, uh, <laughs> Benjamin Bratt uh, Wikipedia page. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, ah, you got a Golden Raspberry Award. Oh, for what? Uh, for his work in the next Bit, best thing with Madonna. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Never seen it. Oh, you must. <laughs> must no, I? no, but what must you should uh... what you should do is you should see Vampirella sometime. Really? When well, you're on Tubi. Yep. Taking a break from uh, doing your uh, dark watch, shadows.
1: Uh, if I watch Vampirella, you have to watch Listomania with Roger Daltrey.
0: Okay. Is that a horror movie? No. Okay.
1: It's a it's a a biography of Franz Liszt, the composer, directed by Ken Russell after Tommy. You son of a bitch.
0: Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. All right,
1: fine. I mean, you won't enjoy it, but you you'll find it interesting.
0: Okay, fine. Or not. That's great.
1: It's entirely up to you. It's all right. How you approach it is up to you. Okay. By the way, mm-hmm. happy October. Okay. So, Oktoberfest?
0: Get out your beers. <laughs> no,
1: I'm thinking more like horror movies. Like now is the time. I went and saw Barbarians the other other night. Is it Barbarians was, or bar- Barbarian? I think it's Barbarians. Okay. I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. All Maybe right. it's just Barbarian. I don't know.
0: I've read the plot.
1: Oh, really? Yes you're not supposed to
0: what do you mean why it's supposed to go in fresh without having any idea what it's about oh no i don't want to see it
1: but uh, go ahead uh what it you was really good? good yeah i've heard good. i don't things. want to talk, talk about it in, in anything but generalities i went with uh mary and eve Eve spent much of the movie with her head hidden behind her coat it's a, it's singular oh i'm sorry that's all right the, the, i'm already talking about the sequel it hasn't come out yet
0: uh, were you thinking about barbarians the 2021 film that was a British thriller about a dinner party in a new home being interrupted by massed invaders. No, no, you weren't. I was not. Okay, well then we're not talking about barbarians. I was then. not. All right. But the
1: other film that I watched, other horror movie that I watched, was uh, X, the Thai West film that came out last that, year. That uh,
0: leads there's other sequels. Yeah, yeah, Pearl's yeah, yeah.
1: though because I, I wanted to see it when it came out, but I, we just I couldn't find the time to 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 go to the theater to watch it. But Pearl, Pearl is playing at Cottonwood, so I really want to go and see that there. Mhm. And um so I watched X and it was very good.
0: Yeah, I've heard good stuff about it. It was really good. Yeah, I've like, also read the plot of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's creepy and it's also disturbing and has some good gore. And it's like it's a very practical film. Like it's very much in camera, a lot of a lot of the effects and stuff like that. So that was fun. Like that's so nice to watch a movie where, you know, it's not all things that, it's not all gloopy CGI effects. It feels
0: like it's, it's the thing now, horror-wise.
1: It's the most effective thing. Yeah. You know, like, CGI doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Like, it takes you out of the movie. Like, when you're watching something imaginary, like like superhero movies, it's fine that, you know, that it looks artificial and, and, you know. But when you're watching a horror movie, you want it to be grounded in reality. You know, you don't want to have, like, that fa- sense of fantasy that you get from from cgi that doesn't feel quite real you know takes you out of it yeah yeah and yeah it's but it's a fun film as well like it's like like i said before like going to see barbarian like people are like oh this movie's terrifying and stuff like that and and eve was scared during it but i was just kind of sitting there like i don't know it it takes something really special to get me like uh in a scared place but what
0: gets what gets under your skin in a horror movie
1: it's got to be it's, it has to be atmosphere like it has to you have to set up the atmosphere mm-hmm. like you got to take the time to like get get it creepy get it nice and creepy and then build just keep keep the screws on and keep building that tension and if you don't then i just relax because i'm watching it and i just can't help but think to myself Oh, interesting camera move or something like that. You yeah, know, like that. So it kind of takes you out of it anyway because I'm thinking about it in terms of the the mechanics of making a horror movie.
0: I, I still think, yeah, I think like horror movies are good to see in a group in a theater. You know, one it's good because it's dark, mm. and one it's good because it demands your full focus. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas if you're watching it on television, you're looking at something else here. Or- you know the dogs come in or something. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. And goes yeah. like, do my nails. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. I'll get little I'm little gonna hire sh- a professional for this mm-hmm. job. Yeah. You know, and I think that works. And I think like one of the reasons superhero movies or whatever uh, work, or at least the Marvelish ones, yeah, is because there's usually like some reveals or something big, and mm-hmm. so that's a good communal experience to have. Like in you know watching the yeah whatever the recent Spider Man one that had some big whoa <laughs> yeah, you know that's nice to see in a in a group yeah, you know. And then recently you know they had that movie Bros that came out like last last week that did not do that well and. Some people were saying because it was like a gay movie, but I think it's like because it's a rom-com and like a rom-com doesn't necessarily work in a communal setting. Mm. That's not, there's no reason to see that in a communal setting.
1: That movie will probably do really well like on video on demand or or on uh, on, in streaming or whatever. Yeah,
0: that'll be really enjoyable to watch Mm -hmm. in that environment. Mm -hmm. But like the idea of seeing, you know, a romantic comedy, I'm trying to think of like when was the last time uh when Harry met Sally, it's just not sleep in Seattle boy, my f references are old <laughs> you know type movie would yeah, uh would, yeah. would go would like be worth going to a movie theater for It's so expensive, and I don't know if the experience in a in that kind of scene. i mean
1: I love going to the movies, so I'll go and see no like, i'll see anything. i'll see like I'll see Mrs. Harris goes to paris in the theater you know, right, which we did so you know like I mean I'm sure that'd be just as fine to watch watch at home I probably, I probably was also like simultaneously streaming when we went and saw the theater yeah, i
0: mean that's also a good movie for say mums not to say there's anything about mums you
1: know, what's wrong with but moms? like
0: yeah I, I don't like them <laughs> don't care for them what about mummies uh i like i like those i like okay. both mums and mummies and horror movies okay those work for me <laughs> uh but you know it's it's the kind of movie what that like mothers? you would tell your mom about and yeah. go like oh there's this movie about a woman and she's you know a woman who's this and goes to Paris and you know people don't respect her at home, but they respect her in Paris. And she's like, okay, that sounds good, but why would you go to the movie theater now? Yeah, and 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 see that you know there, unless of course you're a real uh, movie I love, buff. I love movies. Yeah, I love, yeah, yeah, I love the but experience most people, in the people don't. Most people yeah. don't. Oh, I love movies so much. <laughs> I'm going to see a movie a week if I can, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. you know, I I usually do, uh, but yeah, most people don't. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you have infinity movies at home mm-hmm. to watch. Every classic movie ever is available at your fingertips, probably free, uh, on your TV. Yeah. It's like, well, why, hey, why don't you come down to the movie theater and uh, pay $16 and, <laughs> you know, maybe it'll be, uh, you know, light enough to see. Maybe it won't. Maybe you're going to miss some stuff because, you know, it's it's not the best picture in the world. Not as good as the picture at home. And uh, well, there you go. Well,
1: Depends, depends on the on, movie theater. Depends on the movie theater. Depends on the people's TV, how they set it up, too. But, yeah, I think, I do think it's wrong of, mo- like, movie theaters now are, like, pretty much, like, they're living off the backs of movie fans. You know what I mean? Like, they're exploiting people like me who will pay $16 to go see a movie. or And more, because
0: I, you know, I like to go with a family. So. Yeah. Lisa and I will go or Mary. But I mean... And that's... I mean, how many people go with their adult children to see movies? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that... Jesus. If that's the if that's the marketing they're, they're aiming at, good luck. That's yeah, the yeah, end of that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's true. Whereas, yeah, the girls... and Like, it's funny. Like, Mary and I will regularly, like... She'll write and she'll be like, oh, I watched such and such. And I'll be like, oh, that's a good movie. So then I'll phone her so we can talk about it, you know. I'll be like, oh, you should watch... What did I see on Tubi last night that I know Mary wanted to watch? Oh, Lady Macbeth with... uh with uh, Florence Pugh, and I was like, I know Mary wanted to see it, so I wrote to her and said, "By the way, Lady Macbeth is on Tubi, so you can watch it there, and I will too, so we can talk about it."
0: So, what is this? Because I don't know
1: anything about it. This has Florence Pugh in it, and Mary wanted to see it. And so. it's a,
0: it's about Lady. M?
1: It's not. It's uh it's uh, totally unrelated to the, to the play. Okay. It just uses the name as the very good. So I don't know what it means.
0: I'm writing a variation on the play right now. So oh, is that right? All that kind of stuff like uh, is very interesting to me. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's on Tubi. Good to know. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like I read the description, but I can't remember what it was now. So I just saw it on there, and I was like, "Oh, Mary, you got to know this."
0: Yeah. Last night I was uh, I was going through CBC Gem occasionally I do to go like what's on here because there's usually like something. Mm. And then I went, oh, I should I should see if because uh, we're going to Brussels, uh, we're going to Belgium. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I was like, I wonder if they've been to Belgium on Travel Man. Okay. And they have. Oh, yeah. and with, so With, uh, uh, with oh, oh it has got t- two names that... Oh, most people have two names. <laughs> but it's a pretty basic name. Okay. Uh, I forget what I, That's fine. Don't yeah, worry about Anyway, it's, don't worry about a, uh, it's a comedian. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so one of the things they go to, they go to like a, a chocolate workshop. Of and course. They, they go to uh, a village, like a miniature village that, uh, you know, is kind of like the one from... Um, from uh, hot fuzz okay okay you know but uh but a yeah, much yeah. larger scale sure they go to a puppet show okay uh and they go to uh the comic book museum oh yeah so i looked at that and that was that uh, that looked pretty uh, pretty good turns out it's
1: closed on monday yeah according to the website yeah. in the tour book i was looking at it, well, the guidebook book i was looking at it said it was open seven days a week but the web- website says me also
0: yeah i wonder if you could just ask like can we just go in can we sneak in? Can we sneak in. Come on, someone come up. unlock yeah, the back da, da, da. door. But it was it was interesting, like because then they went on a on a, a walking kind of tour of giant uh, murals. That were yeah, there. Yeah. not even murals, but it's like yeah, yeah. giant. I guess they are murals, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're almost like in that like neighborhood. Comic, yeah, 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 comic, yeah. comic book uh, characters. Yeah, see so all over. Yeah, all It was very very great. cool. <sighs> see, here's the thing. I've got the name Roy Kent from like uh, mm. you know that uh, that show in my head, and it's like that's not Ted what La- it is. Ted Lasso, yeah. It's uh, uh, it's that kind of name. Bah, bah. <laughs> and in fact, at one point, he gives his name to someone in Belgium, yeah. like at a hotel, yeah. and the person goes, "I was <laughs> like, that's my name. <laughs> that's just my name. Why are you laughing at it?" But I guess he said it in, in such a way. Yes.
1: I'm sure he's a naturally funny person, so his approach is comedic. Yeah, and even when the, he has sex with his wife, she she chuckles a little bit. Yep, she can't help herself. He's just naturally
0: funny. Well, he's got the, like the uh, the applause sign on as well. There, occasionally, he <laughs> hits the button <laughs> and then the laughter laughter sign. Laughter
1: sign yeah, 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 yeah. Please, I need this. Yeah, I need to be. He's got I need to some cue
0: cards just you know mm. to prompt him along with what to do because you know he's got a lot on his mind. Sure, sure, sure. But uh, as, as I'm mentioning here, yeah, Dave and I are going to be uh, at, uh, in Ghent, uh, Belgium, yes. uh, on the uh, what was it uh, 20, 22nd and uh, 23rd. So if you're in Belgium, say hi to us. Come say hi to us.
1: We'll be in Brussels the day before that. Yeah. Before we're in Ghent, we'll be in Brussels. We'll be at the Tintin Museum on the Friday before. Mm-hmm. So that's the 21st
0: uh it's the 21st that's right yeah we'll be at the
1: Tintin we'll Museum. we'll be
0: in brussels maybe having mussels because apparently <laughs> yeah the mussels yeah in brussels are good that oh. was one of the things they had they had mussels oh okay and the menus in the restaurant they were in yeah uh the covers of the menus were uh tintin books and the lucky luke uh books oh that's nice yep what a what a great Well, we talked i i'm sure we talked about this before
1: i was talking about st- someone at church was asking me about the, ch- the trip and they were they seemed interested so i bored them to death about it all but um <laughs> and i was just talking and just saying like it's so what's fascinating to me is just that like sp- like the amount of talent that was there just waiting to be discovered mm-hmm. when that scene kind of blossomed after the war you know i think once tin tin magazine came out and then other people were like oh hey we should make uh a cartoon magazine mm-hmm. you know so then then Spiru started and pilote and stuff like that and but it's not just that they had those magazines they suddenly had like all this talent to fill the pages of those magazines you know so you know they had frank han and they had Peyo and they had morris and they had to you and they had other people whose names i can't Jidahem and all these other ones that so many so many people that mm-hmm. that contributed um uh, rog, roger leloup with uh, Yokosuno and and even past that point, you know, with kind of second generation guys like Walthery and and I can't remember the guy who did the Scram Moustache, but Goff, Goss, Goss, who were also payo assistants, you know, right. moved on. And it's like, is this seems, is this weird, right? Because it's a small country. It's a small country, but yeah, I just had this, it's like, oh, there's a place for us to do this. Oh, let's let's do it. You know, yeah. you can make money. You can make a living. That sounds kind of good. Yeah. So That'd be
0: interesting to just do a list of like bursts, bursts of like cartoon talent, you or, know?
1: or any kind of burst, I guess. That any yeah. kind of scene that kind of distantly developed, and uh, and ha- would have to be like feel like it shouldn't have happened there. You know, like it makes sense if there's a scene in New York or a scene in London, hmm. but it doesn't make sense that there's like a outburst of ska bands in Coventry. <laughs> that just seems weird, right? Now that's a weird burst to me and so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in that like just the idea of like that there's this opportunity and then the, there's all this this eagerness to fill it you know by the way lee
0: mac is the name of the comedian ah yeah. lee Mack. you can see how roy can't lee mac no not, k- not at all k- sound no yeah, k- that's how my brain works <laughs> It's rhythms. It's just alliterative. It's and rhythms, yeah. It's it an alliteration and works. assonance. That's all it is. It is. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I went to... Uh, the first time I did like a European convention was yeah. uh, Spain. And they flew us out and I was like, well, this is like just like a little village on the edge of Spain. You yeah. know, let's see what it's like. And you know, we go in at night and it seems like nothing's going on. And then it's all just bursting alive yeah. the next day. And... And, yeah, you just see the talent that's there. Just the talent that's there. Yeah. Just people who haven't made it in any way, but they're showing you their art, and you're just like, oh, uh, <laughs> everyone's genius. And everything's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, just a, just incredible. Just incredible. And, you know, you see who their influences were, and it's like these books that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you've got to, like, travel. You just have to travel. <laughs> you know, my gosh. Could you imagine, like, if you if you're a musician and you know you never travel, you know, you yeah. just go like, yeah, music is just that's uh, nah, just Seattle. I'll just stay in Seattle and yeah, doing music. Yeah. Just like you just gotta <laughs> go around the world and see stuff. And I know how how can you afford it? I know, I know. It, I understand. Yeah, you're talking to a musician here. How can they? <laughs> I understand. You got to find like some way of, of doing it, yeah. of like you know, booking weird little gigs or somehow getting over there or, or what or what have you. I know. I, you gotta you gotta find a you gotta find a freaking way. Like I have no idea how you and I ended up like in uh in, in San Jose, you know, at Ape. Like <laughs> I look back at that and just go like, how the hell did I have enough money to get to California? We, we didn't. We didn't.
1: We didn't. We we scraped our way through that trip. We'll, let's just say. Yeah, that.
0: yeah. But we, I know, and that's how like I got the Simpsons gig. Yeah. But like, how the shit. You know, I went there twice. Yeah. You know, to two apes. Yeah. And like how how'd you do it? You you just did it. You found a way. Mm-hmm. You scrimp, scram scrimp. <laughs> you know, uh, Pia, uh, my wife Pia, uh, you know, uh, would go to San um, San Diego Comic-Con and like share a hotel room with like six people. Okay. And you know, everyone's just like cramped, like on the floor like yeah, Tetris yeah. pieces. Yeah. And just you find a you find a way. That's how and you, that's how just it that's just in North America crying out loud. Yeah, just just what you learn every time you go somewhere in the world, you just, yeah. ah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to you. Like, I know you know so much about, like, you know, the kind of uh, comics and whatnot uh, in that area and the yeah, history yeah. of it, but, like, just the tactile, like, the, it, just being in the environment is so <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and, you know, you're just going to be, like, saying something and then someone goes, oh, you like that? Yeah, I know that. What, what do you mean? Well, I grew up next to Baby be- be- Depot. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of story. Okay. Yeah, That'd be good. Okay. Again, it's it just reminds me of uh, uh, we were over uh, at a, at a friend's house, you and me. And um, uh, who's the, who's the name of the uh, famous uh, artist who did like the Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, mm. poster and, yeah. and whatnot? Oh, darn! You know exactly. Who I am talking yeah, about. I
1: know who you're talking about.
0: Right, but my <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a very famous artist, uh, and it would be impressive if we actually were able to come up with a name. Drew Struzan. There you go. There Drew you go. Struzan. So Drew Struzan uh, did all these amazing posters. Yes. And and, and my wife was uh, working on a poster and was trying to do it in Drew Struzan style. And, uh, and we're there at our friend's house, and uh, there's a couple other people there and uh, she mentions yeah i'm trying to do this drew struzan style and uh, and then oh, i've mentioned this on the show before but then uh, yeah. someone pipes up and goes like oh he was my roommate yeah yeah and I'm like what yeah it was my roommate when we were in art school uh and that was like marv newland who did uh, bambi meets godzilla and many other things yeah and that's what you're going to get when you're in europe you're just going to like be mentioning something of just like oh that was my favorite uh issue of this comic oh well, here's the thing about that, and you're just gonna be getting this continuously, and you're just gonna be like this sponge that is like <laughs> over just stuffed. Sounds fun. Stuffed, yeah. It's it's great. I'm looking forward to it. It's like it's like being. I'm just gonna another just random memory. It's just being in uh, a San Diego Comic Con and like just exhausted, I'm just so tired, and like I just got to get back to the hotel room and and, and, and walking walking by and I'm uh, and, like, is that Stan Freeberg? <laughs> And just Stan Freeberg has a little table with his wife, and he's yeah. selling his books. Yeah. it's like, it's Stan Freeberg. Well, where's the lineup? There's no lineup. This is dumb. What? That can't be Stan Freeberg then. That's Stan Freeberg. Listen to his voice. Stan Freeberg. Okay. <laughs> i got to go up and talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Super, super nervous. It's like, yeah, so I get to meet Stan Freeberg. Not so lucky. Yeah. You go out, and you do things, and then you meet people, and then mm-hmm. you got that memory, and then things just are so full and rich and amazing. <laughs> Oof. There you go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go and we're going to fill up our heads with memories. We're going
1: to be travel men.
0: Yes. And we'll make sarcastic comments and be very, very witty. <laughs> so, Dave. Yeah. Life is full and rich, but sometimes you die. And then sometimes you come back. Yeah. And you come back as das Vampir. Oh, the vampire. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you find yourself in a soap opera. Yeah. Sometimes it's the 70s. Sure. And then sometimes that soap opera is available on Tubi for free if you go with commercials. <laughs> The commercials are fine, right? And I know you mentioned earlier that you like watching Tubi. I do like watching Tubi, which gives me a follow-up question. Yes, have you been watching anything on Tubi that you want to talk about right now?
1: Uh, how about a little thing that we like to call Dork
0: Shadow? <laughs> hey
1: everyone, what's happening at Collinsport this week? Um, hey, do you remember last time when uh, when um, Quentin murdered his his his? Uh, Mad Quentin wife Quisp Quentin Quisp, the uh mascot for quisp cereal. he <laughs> he murdered who sorry he murdered his wife his his mad wife what Jenny. is this
0: a creep show
1: yeah, what is this crazy crazy uh, haunted soap opera, yes, he murdered her. It turned out she was the sister of Magda, okay, the local gypsy, and magda you know reasonably as one does as you know these people do mm-hmm. These, I love how these shows, you know, just sort of like, if you're from another place, you have magical abilities. Sure, like, sure, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Chinese, you've got uh, yeah. you've got the uh, I Ching. Sure. Of course that's going to help you do time travel. That's yeah. how the I Ching works. You're a gypsy, you can curse people. Yeah. You know, that's just your your, your ability. Apparently, according to the show, I'm not saying this is tr- the, the, the facts, you're a gypsy, you like money. And also you like to curse people. Wow. Okay. Those here are the things that we know about gypsies. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Who said gypsies had a bad lot (sighs) in life? The episode opens with Quentin waiting for this coming curse. He's pacing about Collinwood. We go back to Magda, and she's at Jenny's graveside. And basically she's monologuing there, just so we can catch up on what's happening, which I've explained already that... Quentin killed Jenny, and Jenny was Magda's sister, and Magda's mad about it and has mm-hmm. set this curse in, in motion. Gotcha. But if you remember the last episode when Quentin came to to uh, bribe bribe Magda and Sandor into leaving, to, you know, canceling the curse and leaving Col- Collinswood, uh, they threw the money back in his face. But before they did that, they tricked him into drinking a potion that would cause <laughs> this curse. Yeah. So... Uh, Sandor wants to leave, though. He's like, you know, A, we're going to get in trouble for doing this. Right. B, it's going to be dangerous here. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a dangerous curse. Right. And Magda says, no, no, don't worry.
0: He's got no power. He's not a power, Sandor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Magda reassures him that uh, only the Collins will be in danger. Okay. Well... I don't know about that. Only the Collins and people in the immediate vicinity of the Collins, and perhaps even more. I don't know. <laughs> sure, sure. Will be in danger.
0: Yeah, but if we'll be on the splash zone.
1: But we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. At uh, Collinswood, Judith gives Beth her notice. because her two weeks' pay, which she says I wouldn't have done. This was Edward's doing. Mm-hmm. Edward insisted that you get two weeks' pay, but you are here heretofore, hereby with, <laughs> henceforth, henceforward. Okay. Hence, reverse All right,
0: word. P- put the thesaurus. Down. <laughs> the th- it's already a three-hour the- show. Thesaurus we word. We don't need to pad. <laughs> it's fine.
1: <laughs> Hence, thesaurus fourth. <laughs> you are you are uh, relieved of your duties. The fourth, yeah. Jay Ackerman.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, Beth argues that Jenny and Quentin's children should be. Um, you know, Quentin should know about the children, and Judith is like Quentin should never know about his children.
0: Okay. This is that is Got a, a real Herschel Walker thing going that on. That is
1: not that is not a thing. Okay. We're not gonna Grend is never gonna know about his kids. Now Beth, if Beth was smart, could use this knowledge to work to her advantage. Okay. She could be like, well, if I still had a job here, I might consider not telling Quentin about the children. But now that you've let me go, I'm really a free agent. I can tell him whatever I want. Hmm. But she doesn't. Um now Quentin tells Judith that he and the gypsies are leaving. This is a lie. But he doesn't want to tell her that they didn't take the $10,000. Because if he tells her that, then he has to give her the $10,000. So he's like, yeah, we're, we're leaving. They're leaving. It's all settled. Everything's great. So she's all, cool. But then Magda arrives for Jenny's stuff. And uh, she tells Judith, well, we're not leaving. So then, <laughs> and then she taunts Quentin while she's there. She you know, says, oh, I guess you're frightened? That something's gonna come and curse you maybe later on.
0: Yeah, a lot of winking. Yeah. So then
1: Judith, she was like, after Magda leaves, because they're like, well, we'll get this stuff together. So then Magda leaves and uh, then Judith turns to Quentin and is like, hey, you liar, give me my $10,000 back. And Quentin's like, no. <laughs> Basically, that's all he says. He's like, no, I need to, I have to start again and I need this, I need some, you know, Folded some money. seed money. I need yeah. some, you know, money to, yeah. to live. She goes, well, $10,000 is a lot of money. He goes, I know. I, but I'm not giving back. she's like, She demands it, and he's like, no, and he runs up the stairs, like a little boy. It'd be
0: nice if he'd gone like, uh, you know, hey, $10,000 is a lot of money. I know, it's the 70s. <laughs> can you imagine how much this is worth now? And then runs up the stairs. Like, what? It's 69. How, it's the 60s. Do you know how much money this is? <laughs> it's a fortune. You can buy a house with this shit. Look at this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could. Um,
0: Not even a haunted one, a good one.
1: So Quentin finds Beth packing up Jenny's things. So... I don't know why Beth didn't like obviously someone's instructed Beth to go and pack Jenny's things why didn't Beth say wait aren't I fired? <laughs> <laughs> but she's packing up Jenny's stuff and Quinn uh, arrives and insists that Beth come away with him. He's like I'm getting out of this I'm shaking the dust off my feet I'm leaving this town yep. I'm out of here. Get the road. But
0: Adios amigos. She,
1: resi- she resists telling she she wants to tell him about the children mm. you can tell but then she doesn't she 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 uh because like, he's like, come on, come with me. Let's get out of here. And she's kind of like, uh, she's not sure that she should leave because she feels like she's abandoning the, the, the kids. Right. But then she can't tell him why she she hesitated. Now Sandor shows up. He's come for Jenny's things. Oh, boy. And uh, Quentin demands a little tete-a-tete with Sandor. And they go off into the drawing room. And basically, when they're alone, he offers Sandor the 10 grand. And he's like, hey, I saw your face when I took out this money. Yeah. You want this ten grand? It's
0: the sixty. This is a lot. It's a lot
1: of money. You can buy a lot of, you can buy a lot of horse-driven trailers, caravans with this money. Sure, sure. So, uh, you can buy a lot of pet rocks. And uh, all, I, all you need to do mm-hmm. is take the curse off me. Now I know that you didn't put the curse. On me. I know this was Magda, but you're a gypsy. So, you automatically know how to take gypsy curses off. And like Sandra's like, no, I don't. Also, you love money. So, I'll give you this money, take this curse off. Why are you
0: looking so offended?
1: And then Magda. It's okay
0: to use these words back now.
1: And Sandor says, I mean, he admits, hey, I didn't enjoy saying no to $10,000. Sure. But I also love Magda. And if I took it, I would lose her. And that's worse.
0: Right.
1: So, he uh, keeps his pride. That's what I'm saying. But then Quentin's like, I suppose there isn't even a curse. Yeah, that's what it is. You guys are just saying that you don't, you don't believe in a curse. You know there's not a curse. This is just a made up thing. Yeah. He puts on a you know brave face. I don't know if he's trying to taunt Sandor to like say, yeah, there is a curse, and I'll cure you of it too. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Um, later,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Sandor and Magda watch the sunset in the cemetery. Mm. Quentin with his Gladstone bag. I called it a travel bag last episode, and then I remembered. When I was watching it this time, I was like, that's a Gladstone bag. Oh, okay. So he's with his... He prepares to leave Collinwood with Beth. Beth. But Beth has realized that Quentin probably doesn't love her. And she tells him that. She says, I realize that you don't love me. You probably don't love anyone. You just can't bear to be alone. And I'm doing myself harm by going with you. But I love you. And so against my better judgment, I have to go with you. But... Before she leaves, she has to do one thing in Colin's part, which of course is to see the children before she goes. But she can't tell him that. <laughs> and he's like insisting, no, we gotta go. We have to go because you know he doesn't want to tell her that there's a curse going on yeah. his head. He's like just like I just feel like going being fun and fancy
0: free. Let's go. this sounds like an actor's exercise. It's like you're trying to stay, <laughs> yeah. you're trying to go. Yeah. You know this, you know that. Let's play the scene. Sure.
1: Go. Here we go. Uh so meanwhile, as the sun sets mm-hmm. magda intones her curse so it wasn't enough to drink the poison i guess she has to like also do a yeah some sort of a recitation it's a, multi-part curse. It's a, it's a simple part it's
0: a real ikea curse yeah you gotta yeah. assemble it yourself yeah this isn't like uh bewitched no you just like wiggle your nose and stuff goes down oh exactly this is real life you gotta you gotta multi-parts sure
1: yeah um now as quentin argues with beth he is suddenly overcome with incredible pain oh pain that he just it bends him over in agony that it's so awful and he he insists that she call the doctor okay. and then uh so beth runs away this sounds like voodoo doll stuff she, she runs off <laughs> yeah it doesn't
0: matter. i know they haven't set that up at all no, no but i haven't. don't think that matters
1: well they have had voodoo in the show before because barnabas oh they set remember, it up. No, they remember he used the voodoo to yeah, yeah it won't uh, be it quentin won't him. be
0: uh it won't be used then because voodoo only works when you don't set it up okay, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so beth runs off and uh quentin falls to the floor and begins writhing in agony mm-hmm. next episode oh okay beth runs to the phone but there is a knock on the door so of course admittedly admittedly quentin is writhing around on the floor in agony but someone knocked on the door so i better run over there and answer it
0: oh so he gets up from the floor no
1: no she she runs over oh okay i was just like "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs)
0: hello (laughs) can't be rude it's rachel all right
1: so it feels like the writers are like oh yeah we've been concentrating all this magda jenny stuff for the last couple days uh let's we better bring back the reverend trask and all that nonsense so let's Let's get the school going. we got to get back to Rachel. So Rachel comes in, and uh, it's time that we return to the horrible old Reverend Trask, is basically what we know. So it turns out she is being spied on by a fellow teacher with a fantastic fantastic name, Dorcas Trilling. <laughs> I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, isn't Dorcas one of, one of King Lear's daughters? Oh. I don't know, though.
0: Well, it's, it's Regan.
1: Regan and...
0: These are good questions.
1: But one of the, I think the bat. Anyway, I, I've never read King Lear. The reason I think that is because there's a book by Evelyn Waugh: uh, uh,
0: Goneril. Goneril. Reagan and Cordelia. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Goneril. So that's very, that's also a terrible name. Maybe that's where I got, got yeah. it mixed up.
0: Anyway. And Gail. Who, she's not featured much. <laughs> Gail? Yeah. Gail just like is hanging around. Okay. Just like, hey, how about me? Like, <laughs> Gail, this isn't about you. Yeah. There's a lot of that. About, Gail, get what, lost. What about me? Shirley, get out of here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're not in the will. You're not in the living will. Um, so yeah, she's being spied on by Dorcas, who's a, a fellow teacher at the school.
0: Oh, Dorcas.
1: Uh, so she's she is uh, telling Trask all this. Now this is time for what is uh, a mixture of with Trask a mixture of someone yelling, okay, self-righteously yelling, but then also like doing a lot of like weird groping. Oh. That's the character, not the actor. Okay. I feel like with Roger, watch his face, who plays uh, Dirk Wilkins, and has played other characters.
0: Dirk Wilkins is such a great name. Yeah. <laughs> Until I heard this Dorcas name.
1: Dorcas <laughs> Trilling. Pretty good. Yeah, it's a good name. Um, that actor, Roger, whatever his name is, he that guy is a major major league like actress groper. Yeah. Like he's got his hands all over them in ways you're just kind of like hmm. Like this probably isn't on the script. It's probably not on the script, and it's live. This is getting really Richard. It's Dawson-y. live, so the actors can't just like stand up and go, "Would you get your hands off me?" Um. But yeah, like Trask is very much like you just feel like this real sexual tension, like this real yeah, and it's intentional. Like they want to build this up, this idea that he's like, like not only is a like a hypocrite, but he's also a real creepo, right? Sure. Uh. So he even confesses to Dorcas that Rachel <laughs> is a trial to him. That his feelings for her are such that he cannot just let her go he must keep her near him but you know and uh and he says like she brings out what he says are negative feelings in him mm. so obviously he feels like this great deal of lust for her and we you could feel it before like in the yeah. scenes where he, that he had with rachel she's Back a at,
0: highway to boner town
1: <clears throat> that's what he said yeah that's what he said <clears throat> but in a very sh- she is if le- you know what i mean yeah she is like unto a highway to Bonertown, he says to her. At Collinswood, Beth and Rachel enter Actually, Quentin's Collins
0: room. Collinswood sounds like a highway to Bonertown. Collinswood? Yeah, that's just, that's just the name. Yeah,
1: Collinswood. Yeah, that's also a Bonertown. What about Collinsport? It's a place for Collinswood. That was his
0: wife. It's a place for <laughs>
1: Collinswood, yes. <laughs> We're six. Um, so at Collinswood, Beth and Rachel enter Quentin's room. <laughs> Quentin has disappeared. Okay, he's gone. Um, so and now I don't know whether I have to cut back and forth between these scenes because anyway. So Dorcas is not shocked by by Trask's confession, and he also admits to her. Uh, he admits to her that that um, well, he you know he says that Rachel accuses him of being cruel. He says me cruel just because I haven't given Jameson any food and mm-hmm. left kept him locked. Oops, kept him locked in what he calls his meditation room and
0: uh yeah you don't need food in a meditation no, room no you're meditating yeah it's rude to bring food into the meditation <laughs>
1: <room>. <laughs> and uh dorcas uh describes his cruelty as righteous anger so you know like so she's saying you know you you are right to be angry and your cruelty is is righteous right sure now back at the collinswood so like like i say we're cutting back and forth here i don't know why because they're not, like, changing scene. Like, usually when they do these kind of quick cutaways, it's so someone can, like, go to another room. Sure. You know, like, quickly hustle over to the next scene. But this is not what's going on here. they just, I guess they're trying to, like, m- get attention going. Um, now, Beth will not allow Rachel to phone the police. Rachel's like, we got to call the police. And she's like, no, don't. The Collins family don't like the police involved. So the police, police just get in the way of, okay. of their plans, I guess, basically. Sure. How can they hide bodies and do all their other rigmaroles if the police are hanging around? Yeah. Um,
0: That's why the police are annoying. Cause they're all like, "Hey, what's with that body you're bearing?" Yeah, that's right. I'm like, "Whoa, yeah. oh man, I hate having the police around." Yeah, yeah, uh, it's murder. Oh, I shouldn't even say. Oh, now I'm going to jail. <laughs> why do we invite the police? Yeah,
1: why do we bring around here? This is enforcing someone else's morality. Yeah, I don't think murder's bad.
0: Yeah, anyway, I'm just gonna do some heroin and what. This is a problem. <laughs> oh. So unfair. But where are you when there's vampire attacks? No, where are around. the police then? Not around. Oh, someone's having a donut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trask admits to Dorcas mm-hmm. that Jameson is actually innocent of this of the accusations of cheating that he's been throwing around. It's merely he's merely trying to get the boy to to cave into him, like so he can learn humility. But really, it's like cult right? sure, like behavior, like sure. that kind of training. It's not, it's not good. Not feeding someone, making them making them. Bend to your reality. Sure. This is sickness. It's classic. Uh, As Beth and Rachel hurry through the house, the phone rings.
0: Okay.
1: Now, of course, once again, I know we're looking for Quentin who's disappeared, but the phone rang, so we got to answer it.
0: Of course you do. It's the law. Could be a long-distance call. It's Trask. You don't know. Okay, go ahead. It's Trask.
1: He threatens Rachel as a murderer and thief. We know that he's been holding this ridiculous charge over her, which is so, like, ridiculous and phony baloney that every time you hear it, you're like, Rachel, just... Tell him the fuck off. Rachel. Come on. I know he can't say that. It's 1897. Right, right, right. That's pretty crude.
0: You might as well be able to say a highway to Bonertown.
1: <laughs> but that's right. Maybe invite him to take a trip to Bonertown. And not your Bonertown.
0: Yeah. Someone else's a trip Bonertown. to Collinsport.
1: <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, so she's like, she says to Beth, I got to go. I got to go back to the school. She's sure. like, why? I thought we are looking for Quentin. I, I know we're looking for Quentin, but someone just accused me of being a murderer and a thief. And in that order... But, which is worse. I don't know. Uh, I gotta go back to the school. So she leaves. Okay. And by the way, if people remember, the school was set on fire by Laura Collins. Well, we don't know that for sure, but it it caught on fire and it seemed pretty likely that it was yeah, Laura pretty, Collins. Pretty and now the school is on the on the grounds of Collinswood. In case people are wondering why there's so much like easy back and forth between a place that before it felt like it was like halfway between Boston <laughs> and and Collinsport. And now it's uh now it's like everyone just Goes, well, i got to go back to school. Moments later, they're there. Um, So Rachel uh, leaves. and She's walking through the woods at night. Yeah. And she hears some footsteps. Oh, boy. And some rustling in the leaves. Oh, man. And when she stops, the footsteps stop.
0: Oh, that's good. Everything's fine.
1: Everything's fine. As long as she stands still. Yeah. But then she starts walking again. Oh. Footsteps.
0: Stand still till dawn. And then she's dumb, dumb. Then she
1: she thinks she sees something. Oh, boy. But she's not sure what. And she (laughs) screams in fright. Yeah, But luckily for her, she is found by Trask. I don't know if that's lucky. But anyway, she's mm-hmm. found by Trask, and uh, he escorts her back to the school. So there, Trask offers to remove a sin. So she said she's done a lot of bad things in the last little while. She's stolen food for Jameson. Okay. She's lied that Jameson didn't cheat. Right, She's done all these things. Which, of course, her lie about Jameson not cheating is Trask lying to her that she lied. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's lying, but he offers to remove a sin from her record. She can buy the food that she stole for Jameson, even though he didn't actually get the food because Trask intercepted her and took it from her. But she can buy that food mm-hmm. for a week's salary. What? That's his offer.
0: How much is a week's salary?
1: I don't know. Uh, but let's say it's pro- it's probably more than like some bread and water or like whatever she stole from. It. it wasn't bread and water, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's yeah. a real lame mis situation. But
1: when she vehemently, uh, uh like. Well, she gets angry about this whole thing. It's not a fair exchange. Pulling a big Javert. Uh, He Um, slaps her.
0: Oh, that can lead to voodoo.
1: (laughs) He then leaves
0: pan over to a witch in the
1: window but I think it's interesting because he slaps her and then I think he feels kind of bad about it because he attempts oh. to like apologize oh that's nice then that's fine you know fine. it's fine it's yeah, a, that's you know, fine the bully slaps and then he also like goes you know what
0: and goes no slapbacks you shouldn't like have you shouldn't
1: have, should have made me do that
0: that's the, that's, that was her problem that's her problem she it's,
1: shouldn't have made him do that should have made him slap her and yeah, that's that's right she has to look look in her heart and try and you know maybe figure out her own maybe
0: motives. the sin she should try to get removed is making him do that
1: maybe so yeah maybe two weeks of celery. <laughs> yep. Uh, slap. So,
0: Look what you made me do. Give me give me a week's salary for making me
1: do that. He then then Lee, he leaves to go to his own meditation room to study. Good. And uh, but when he leaves Rachel discovers that Dorcas has been spying at the door. Oh. And of course she she accuses Dor- her
0: Dorcas at the door.
1: She uh, she accuses her of, of spying on her and also says, "I'm sure you're the one who told Trask that I'd gone to Collinswood and Dorcas is like, You are disobeying Trask and you are being bad. And of course yeah. I'm telling him what you're yeah. doing. Because you're the bad person in the situation. Sure thing. And then uh, so then Rachel insults her. I can't remember what she says, but she you know, it's nothing too it's pretty mild, you know, these are very mild. But she insults Dorcas and then she leaves. She leaves the room. And Dorcas left alone. She's doing that little thing that people do when they're left alone in a in a scene where nothing's happening for a second, and so they yeah. just kind of like walk around like I am the greatest spy in the world who's been spying on Rachel and seeing where she's gone. And, oh, my God, what is that? What has come into the room? (gasps) She screams. Yeah. And uh, she's screaming. And let me just turn the page. Real cliffhanger here as I turn the page.
0: Yeah, this sounds like the end of the episode.
1: Yes. A figure approaches her, and she screams. And her screams bring Trask to the classroom. He's in his study looking at the book, right. and he hears a scream, and he runs downstairs and he finds Rachel uh, leaning over the mutilated body of Dorcas. Oh. They're both very confused because what happened? Everything. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Collinswood.
0: Ooh, okay. Well, that would have been a good uh, end for the episode.
1: Beth finds in the foyer, like in the, the, yeah. the uh, entryway to the house, she finds an unconscious Quentin laying on the floor by the front door. And uh, let me just say, he looks like he was shot out of a cannon. Because he's all dirty and his clothes are torn. And uh, he wakes up. She, w- you know, she wakes him up and he, he's confused. He has no idea what happened. He can't remember anything. And that's the end of that episode.
0: Okay, that's also good then. Yeah.
1: So I wonder what, it, I wonder what the curse was. They had to wait for the moon to come up. And uh, <laughs> he doesn't remember what happened. He's all, his clothes are all torn. And yeah. someone just got killed. Huh. But don't worry. Only the Collins family is at risk. Right, Dorcas? We can always... It's, it's, I don't know if that's cold comfort. Hmm. But anyway.
0: Well, there you go.
1: That's where we go. That's on where a, we end,
0: everyone. On a, on a completely unrelated note, yeah. uh, I watched uh, Werewolf by Night. What is that? Oh. Are you familiar with the comic book Werewolf by Night? No. The Marvel comic? No. Oh, it's a Marvel comic. Okay. Um, there's a character called Werewolf by Night. And, I like uh, the name. Yeah. Uh, he is a werewolf. By Night. Yeah, by Night. Yeah. His name is Jack Russell like a dog yeah okay that was kind of the joke at the sure. time once upon a time okay. uh and yeah he in uh, marvel comics like whenever there's like a bunch of monsters to show up like morbius shows yeah. up and uh, okay ghost rider yeah okay. usually werewolf by night will show up as well yeah so he's a, a werewolf who's trying How to like, they didn't call it vault of terrier oh that's very nice yeah i love and then,
1: it then jack russell would make more sense
0: yeah it would that yeah. excellent well you drop them a note <laughs> we'll send a note back in time um but uh, the uh, folks over at uh, Marvel TV, okay. uh, or what have you, uh, made uh, a Disney, spe- Disney Plus, you mean. Yeah, uh, did, a spe- did a special, uh, like an hour-long special, A uh, Werewolf by Night, and it's shot in black and white. What, and it's
1: on Disney Plus right now? Yeah. Like, I could leave here now. Yeah. Drive home.
0: You don't even have to leave here now. You could, like, watch it on the computer that's here. Oh, I guess so. I'll sh- uh, I don't know if you... Oh, here's the thing. Uh, they actually made, like, a trailer for it. Kind of in the uh, you know how in the in the grindhouse they made like mm-hmm. you know the fake trailers fake yeah fake trailers yeah well they got like a trailer that doesn't do a bunch of spoilers really with it but huh. it's just a fun trailer they'll show it to you cool. later on and cool. maybe we'll even put that up uh, but yeah the actual uh, special itself is quite good it's it's Marvel doing um, you know horror trying the best yeah yeah you know it's got like a and whatever NC fourteen or whatever rating or N- NC seventeen what uh, it's not 17. Oh, okay because it's in black and white oh. So, so can, yeah
1: yeah, it's kind of like the uh, trick and uh, kill yeah that's right so
0: because mm-hmm. you, you can only have a certain amount of blood you know uh red blood, but you can get away with black blood. hey, guess what? black and white yeah, guess what we're showing you so uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's it. but I would recommend it it's uh, it's quite fun. oh so any cool. hobbidah who look, look man, I've got all these letters in front of me <laughs> I don't need, ah, look at them look at all these. Oh you know what I had to do? I uh, I had to go like wh- why did I your address? Why did I print them up? Yeah, because they're emails and they're <laughs> and they're online. There's no reason to print these up. This is a waste of paper. Yeah, it was. Oh, so upsetting. What, what? is this actually? That poetry. Oh, that's just notes I made. Okay, that's good. Put that down. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read off the screen instead. Okay. Last week uh, we asked a couple of questions and people also talked about the show itself and maybe they asked some personal questions about us. Yeah, as well. But here are the questions we ask them to start the conversation going. Okay, uh, it's almost like uh, you know uh, the um, the book uh, "How to Win Friends and Influence People." You know, it's uh, yes. you go like Dale Carnegie. Oh, Dale Carnegie, you're, you're you know uh, the creator of Carnegie Hall. <laughs> um, I don't think that's the case. Mm. So uh, you know, or you would have uh, things to start conversations at parties in case you're feeling nervous. Mm. We might ask questions of people, questions like. What is the strangest kids show you watched when you were younger? And at what age did you start to do things independently? And what did you do? Those are the kind of things Dale Carnegie would uh, would say to ask people. Okay. And then people would say stuff like, uh, I I can't tell you now. i got to get on an ice flow and get my polio shot.
1: <laughs> Edward Dragansky. Did you see a polio bear when you were there?
0: Oh. <laughs> End the show now. End the show now. <laughs> Edward Dragansky. Sorry, Ed. Yeah, yeah. we got to go. Yeah. Buy it. Ed- <laughs> Cut for time. It's like the old Tonight Show. Oh, we don't have time for David Brenner tonight. Hey, how's it going? I'm going? to Talk about my pretzels and mustard. No, I got here. Why are you wearing a giant fur coat? What the hell? We're in California. How cold that, could it be? It was weird, wasn't it? Maybe maybe it kept it. Uh, I'm you I am rich. Yeah, that's what it was. i David Brenner. Anyway, <laughs> bye. Anyway, Edward Drogansky writes David. Oh, I love the story about seeing the coconuts at your aunt's house <laughs> I have a similar story only with animal crackers copied and pasted from what I wrote uh, when I wrote the story for Facebook Here is the story Oh, great some recycled stories uh, July 21st 1979 De Plains, Illinois The date is a uh, missing piece to the puzzle. I've had my memory for 43 years uh, thanks to this image. And there is an image there. <laughs> uh, and uh, it tells you because you can see that's uh, a little thing for a TV guide. Uh, I now know the exact date to the story I'm about to tell you. As you may know, I'm a huge Marx Brothers fan. However, our local affiliate in Dallas, Fort Worth, only showed the later MGM Marx films like A Night at the Opera, The Big Store, and A Day at the Races. I had never seen any of their early Paramount films. So whenever we traveled uh, home to Chicago in the summer... I'd grab the TV guide at my grandparents' house and pour through it to see if the local Chicagoland stations might happen to be showing any of the earlier Marx films. The bros. I was 13 that summer, and just as I always did, I checked out my grandparents' TV guide first thing, then, uh, and see the image posted below, Animal Crackers (gasps) was on at Saturday night Hmm. at 8 o'clock. For many fans, Animal Crackers is the Marx Brothers' greatest film. I myself had only seen short clips and photos of it in books. I was ecstatic! (laughs) As my family made plans uh, for our time in Chicago, I learned that Saturday night was already spoken for. We were going to visit my great aunt and uncle, Esther and Red Bush. Bush? Perhaps. Uh, I asked my folks if they thought Aunt Esther and Uncle Red might let me watch Animal Crackers when we were there, which was replied with the dubious... We'll have to see when we get there. Uh-oh, that's a no. That's a big that's fucking... That's a parental that's no. That's a big old no. <laughs> No means we'll have to see when we get there. That was the old expression. Uh, the one thing to note about my great aunt and uncle is the entire Bush family was they were all huge sports fans, mm. and there was most likely to be some sports event on TV which meant no animal crackers for me. Although it's a Saturday night, which wasn't a sports night. Ah. Oh, except for hockey. were they hockey fans? Well I can't a- I can't They're ask the- I can't ask a screen, Dave. Dead Hawks. The sports fandom in the Bosch house uh, dwarfed my Marx fandom by far. (laughs) But I asked anyway when we arrived. The entire Bosch clan didn't disappoint my expectations. My great aunt and uncle and all the second cousins filled the living room watching baseball. (laughs) Oh, baseball. national pastime. Oh, yeah. I quickly uh, got my Uncle Red's attention and asked him if I could watch the world premiere of Animal Crackers knowing the chances were slim. My Uncle Red smiled and said, Come on, Eddie, follow me i followed uncle red and he threw me out a window (laughs) (laughs) how dare you not watch baseball (laughs) no wait uh to the basement duh cubs which most homes in chicago have and to a little side room with a tv uh uncle red was a big guy with sparkly eyes and an honest smile he and my great aunt esther uh, were all so kind to me is this what you want to watch the marx brothers he asked as he tuned in it was perfect animal crackers had just started i stayed down there and watched it uh, that night for the first time thanks to the kindness of my uncle red That's i'll nice. never forget that memory now i have the date to go with it something i've wondered about for years at this point david i still hadn't seen the coconuts <laughs> it was uh, one of the last ones on my list to see i think my local pbs station finally showed it at some point
1: yeah that i think was it was uh, i think here it was um it was on channel 12 on kvos in the afternoon on a Saturday. And I was the same. It's just so funny to think about those, those days when you couldn't rent a, uh, rent a movie or whatever. You had yeah. to, like, just hope. Uh, hope. Hope that it would hope show up. Hope and hope. Because, basically, I saw Night of Casablanca, which I loved. I'm probably grade five, but it wasn't until, like, three years later that I saw Monkey Business. Which was the second Brothers film I saw, which played, like, at midnight or something, on a New Year, or around, late at night on a New Year's Eve night. My parents were gone, and my brothers and I watched it together. And it was so great, you know, and I think that's why it's kind of stuck as one of my as my favorite Marx Brothers film for a long time. And I think I kind of like got talked out of liking it a lot because of the, the ending being weak or whatever. But I think when we watched it for full marks, I was kind of like, the ending isn't that bad. It's not great. It's not perfect. Yeah, because you can't beat the boat, you know. But it's still fine. That's
0: great. Uh, yeah, I remember. Like, yeah, people don't remember uh, being kind of uh, a slave to. Uh, I don't mean slave. But like, a, I'm going to say it again, it's like, yeah. to uh, <laughs> to the whims of the TV networks. Yes. And yes. you're just like, you watched what was on. Yeah. And like, I remember once I um, watched uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I was like, oh. And then uh, the next week it was a sequel. Okay. I was like, well, that's it. And then I was like, the next week it was a sequel to that. Yeah. And it was like, oh my gosh, I've got to watch all of these. I have no idea how many of these are. And no way to know what the future will hold. Yeah. Because you only get the TV guide once a week. Yeah. It doesn't tell you what's on in a month. You've got no clue. How, how many movies are there of the Planet of the Apes? There's no way for me to know. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do? Go to the library yeah. and ask, like, what? What book <laughs> would that be in? No one will know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so you just like were swept along on the tides. Uh, Louise writes. Uh, by the way, Louise gave me nice advice about the um, the shot in the arm today. She said, uh, uh, "Move it like you're uh, uh, doing the backstroke uh, afterwards, and it will uh, hurt less uh, later on." That was the advice uh, she was told. Was uh, okay. Get, keep it moving uh, for uh, a while after you've uh, gotten your shot, and so far, so good. Seems like there's as many hints or tips to, like, help with that as there are variants. Could very well be. Yeah. Could variant well be. Uh, Louise says, I remember swimming in the old... Oh, because we talked about the Lumberman's Arch Pool. Oh, yes. I remember swimming in the old oh, that cement... ghastly place. Lumberman Ar- Lumberman's Arch Pool in Stanley Park. What did you say? Start again, sorry. Okay, I will. I remember (laughs) Remember when Louise was an old man (laughs) I remember No I remember Swimming in the old Cement Lumberman's Arch pool In Stanley Park Mm. I guess I wasn't Too fussy back then Because I didn't Mind the barnacles You know what else Had barnacles The ocean (laughs) I know But Yeah Dave The ocean But I know It's just weird That you have like This guy's acting Like his fishing boat Had no barnacles On it It didn't It didn't have any barnacles Where were the barnacles Scraped off. Oh, okay Uh, This summer, I was walking on that section of the seawall, and sadly, the kids' splash park was shut down. Weeds were growing on it, and there was a notice from the park board saying they were doing a study on whether the outflow of it was harmful to the local ecosystem. Oh, man. Splash parks are controversial in green circles these days. The water has to be cleaned so they can tap into the city's uh, drinking water supply, and after the water splashes off the little kitties, (laughs) it ideally should be treated for human waste products before being released into the ocean. There are splash park systems that capture and recirculate the water, but they use chemicals to treat it, so they're not particularly eco-friendly either. Uh, you know what I, I say? Don't let the kids do it. Yeah, just let nice, clean adults play in those uh, splash parks. <laughs> the str- Screw the kids. Yeah. The strangest show I watched as a kid was the Banana Splits. Ugh. That la 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 la. Their, la, their la, frozen faces la, were so. La 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 la. So off-putting. It wasn't produced by uh, Sid and Marty Croft, but they built the costume, so I guess uh, it gave them their big break in kids' TV, huh. which is how I make my living. Thanks, banana splits. <laughs> la, la, la. One uh, banana, two banana, three banana, four. I remember as a youngster, uh, you would get the variety packs of cereals, um, such as your Frosted Flakes, your, uh, you know, my parents wouldn't buy big boxes of sugar cereals, yeah. but occasionally they would buy the variety packs for like, like Christmas or she, whatnot. Yeah, I gotcha. But quite, I don't know, quite often. But I, I have strong memories of the banana splits would take over those cereals, and they would be the mascot for a cereal that they were not necessarily part of. Okay, but they would be like for Cocoa Pops or something like that. Yeah, they would be tying. So the four of them would like each be on an individual cereal. Yeah, and so that was how I most remember them is from the cereals. Also, recently, you you know that there was a horror movie with them, right? I heard about that. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did a horror movie with the banana splits uh, where they were killing people. So, you know, if they creeped you out as a kid, (laughs) you weren't alone. And thanks to Dave for the top five bug songs. Part one. My favorite bug song was an easy-listening tune from the 70s called Ladybug. It was originally recorded by the Queen of CanCon, Anne Murray, but the version I knew better was a cover by Captain and Tennille, which starts out with birds twittering. I performed an arrangement of it with my senior choral class, which was a happy place for me in high school. This song is cute as a bug, and uh, Louise includes the song. Oh, thank you. So go to SneakyDragon.com and uh, check that out. Uh, Edward Dragansky replies, What memories? Captain and Tennille. I always thought the captain, Daryl Dragon, looked so miserable, like he wanted to be uh, anywhere else, but Tony Tennille was so exuberant and happy all the time. I guess that was the 70s in a nutshell. Little else made sense. Apparently he was a bit of a no-fun control freak. Yeah, and you know, they did the song Love Will Keep Us Together. Didn't. Didn't, Didn't work. Did not. Here's the thing that uh, they makes... They also did a song called Muskrat Love. Muskrat Susie, Muskrat Sam. Doing the jitterbug down that in Muskrat was, Land. That was it's also a, a
1: cover because that was a, a song by America. I think. Okay. Well, maybe didn't
0: need to be covered. Um, <laughs> here's what bugs me about. Just look that. into your heart,
1: Captain Antonil.
0: Yeah, here's why he was upset. Probably. Okay. Was because uh, what what name are we going to call you? Oh, what's your name, Dragon? Oh, there's so much to do with the name Dragon. Mm-hmm. That's such a cool name. Hey, how about you wear a captain's hat and we just call you Captain all the time? <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, you go a captain's hat, so you're always wearing a captain's hat. Yeah. But my name's Dragon. Yeah, I'm about a captain's hat. Fine. That's why he's uh, bummed out, because it could be called Dragon, something cool. Yeah. Daryl Dragon is a cool fucking name. That's yeah, pretty good. All right, no, no. Here's captain's hat. Yeah. Wear it always. Then they could have they could have uh, covered Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Nice. Edward Dransky is back. I think I scared everyone else. Oh, yeah, because we didn't have any uh, more responses, but we do. Uh, but, uh, but he says he thinks he scared everyone off. It's Wednesday night. I'm the only one here. Hello. Hey, Louise, Mick, Peter, Billy, Lisa, Brent. <laughs> oh wait. He emails his stuff in. Uh, then he asks, uh, Ian, how's, uh, Pia's mom doing? Uh, well, let me tell you, um, she is back at her place now. I don't want to tell you too much. Uh, because again, her business is her business, but, uh, yeah, things were scary, uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, spent some time in the ICU and she is now back at home uh basically independent and uh, you know uh doing all right so you know uh we got uh you know you know you know how it is right it's everything isn't like completely well it's all back to tens but it's definitely a lot better than it could have been and we were very scared for a while and things worked out uh as well as they possibly could so uh, very happy about how things are and she seems happy and uh, and uh, my sister-in-law uh, Victoria uh, and uh, Pia, they both like redid her room at home and it's beautiful now and she says it's like a hotel so she's very happy. They even put chocolate on her pillow those guys, they're nice
1: She didn't notice it and woke up in the morning
0: Oh no <laughs> There's so many awful jokes I could do about that. Anyway, continuing the letter. I'm no stranger <laughs> to taking care of the older generation either. It's our turn to do our part since they took care of us when we needed it. Love and care to all. Indeed. Uh, Dallas had a local show Thank that you. ran for 30 years on and off, Mr. Peppermint, <laughs> from 61 to 69, uh, which was retitled Peppermint Place for its second run from 75 to 96. Good run. Yeah. And it's one of the longest running kids shows on television. The host was the same man for the entire run, Mr. Peppermint, a.k.a. Jerry Haynes. Peppermint Place was on early in the morning, uh, taped at a studio downtown. I never saw it live, but I knew more than a few friends who watched the taping or appeared on Peppermint Place over the years. Mr. Peppermint, dressed in a barbershop quarter straw hat, a magic peppermint cane, and a peppermint striped suit, he had a co-host puppet, Muffin the Bear, who was one of the many different puppets on the show. Mr. Peppermint had guests on the show, sometimes locally famous, nationally famous, or someone interesting. Imagine Captain Kangaroo. It was very much the same. Mr. Peppermint wasn't a strange show like the question asked. I had Sid and Marty Croft or the New Zoo Review for that. Oh, boy, New Zoo Review. Come right <laughs> ride at you. Um... I had I remember one time one of the New Zoo Review characters uh, took happy pills and just tripped out. Oh, really, and it was all uh, like an anti drug thing, okay. but it was like a pill that made them happy. But then they just like freaked out oh. and everything went to crazy high Got, speed. Went too happy. Yeah. and uh, and they died. Anyway, uh, no, <laughs> no, they <didn't. laughs> jumped off a <our> roof. Yeah, <laughs> jumped off a roof, saying this one's for you, Damien. <laughs> really, it's strange. Uh, the one strange connection everyone rem- remembers about the Jerry Haynes, Mr. Peppermint is his son, Gibby Haynes, was the front man for the Butthole Surfers. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, uh, I always uh, wondered how the straight-laced, wholesome Mr. Peppermint <laughs> dealt with that, his son being in a band called the Butthole Surfers or the Revolting Cox when he was running a kid show all these years. Well, how did his son deal with his dad being Mr. Peppermint? Yeah, that's that was what drove that him to That seems worse. The... Yeah. Uh, sounds like the most sincerest form of rebellion. Actually, I've... it's funny. Gibby Haynes, uh,
1: like he went through college. Mm-hmm. You know, like took college classes, and then he got a, a job, like a totally straight job. He was like, like an accountant working for some company. Yeah. And then he was like, I, I want to be in a band. And so then he just changed his whole life. Went down his own road. Aww. I don't think he looked back. I like think he's pretty happy where he, where he ended up. Uh, I remember... Um, now he's an accountant for the Butthole Surfers.
0: I remember a uh, journalist, music journalist, uh, Dave Watson. Yes. Uh, in college, uh, when we were working on The Other Press, uh, coming in and going, I saw this band. They're called the Butthole Surfers. He loved the name. We were at the same show. Is that right? Was uh, was that the Love Affair? Nice. My story has been confirmed. (laughs) Uh, I have good memories of the show. Mr. Peppermint was indeed a Dallas celebrity. Everyone knew. It was a good show. When we lived in Mesquite growing up, my brother and I had access to a part of town that we could walk safely from home uh, without crossing highways or busy streets. We had our pathways that took us to most everything we needed. Toys R Us. Burger King, Wendy's, a, a pool, three movie theaters, numerous stores, and a mall. That's all I need. That's all I need now. <laughs> I was about fourteen or fifteen when a supermarket. No need. Well, the mall probably has a supermarket. I was about fourteen or fifteen when I trusted when I was trusted uh, with the care of watching over my brother, who was seven years younger than me. So we spent those uh, few summers walking everywhere to pass the time. We had no public transportation. In Mesquite. Yet, uh, like are tra- yet like buses or train yet like buses or train so walking was our mode of transit mom and dad both worked so it was up to me to run the show during the summer concerning oz and the differences between the bomb books and the 1939 musical there was even more fantastical passages in the books that would have been too strange and too fantastical to film when the witch puts dorothy and company to sleep with the poppies only dorothy toto and the lion are affected since they are living beings yeah it's up to the Scarecrow and the Tin woodsman to build a huge cart from trees pulled by thousands of mice <laughs> in order to pull Dorothy, Toto, and the lion from the field. Why aren't the mice high? That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Anyway, maybe the bite mice compu- built up the cart. They're computer mice. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Back then. Yeah. Smart. Uh, the journey from Munchkinland to Emerald City also seems to take weeks instead of what seems like a day in the musical. The Emerald City really isn't green at all when they get there. It's all a farce. Everyone is required to wear green-tinted glasses when they're in the city, so it appears to be green. (laughs) That's great. Uh, When our characters are finally granted a meeting before Oz, they do so individually. He appears as a floating orange head to Dorothy, as a lovely lady to the Scarecrow, as a terrible beast to the Tin Woodsman, and as a ball of fire to the lion. In the end, uh, I think the wizard really does literally put brains in the Scarecrow's head since he is shown to have this overgrown, bulbous head afterwards. It's all rather strange, but it really did blow me away as a young reader. Later in the series, Santa Claus even visits Oz during a huge banquet with all the characters in attendance. I remember it's written that Santa leaves in a giant floating bubble as an orchestra plays for his exit. This was the kind of crossover for Bomb since he also wrote stories of Santa's adventures during his career. The books were massively vivid and imaginative. I wonder how they'd come across to me now. I've written enough. Take uh, Someone else take the wheel, please. I'm floating away. There's no place like home. Adieu, sneakers. Until next week. And Billy replies, I'm here, Ed. Always here. Not always fine time to post. And then he gets in a bubble. He ah, goes away as well. That's weird. Like, it, I would feel like the fire would show up for the scarecrow. Like the tin wood the terrible beast almost feels like that's a that's a the lion. Th- that's interesting. Weird choices. okay. Um, hey, do you remember uh, Ed, uh, the first crossover between Marvel and DC, do you? It works with the with this story. It was they did a, a giant comic and they adapted uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh really? Yeah, that was the first thing that Marvel and DC worked on together. Weird. Yeah,
1: weird. That is very, very weird. Because that's Scotty Young, I think. is that his name? He's a cartoon mm-hmm. artist, and I think he he's in like some Oz stuff, right? And did, oh, for sure. And Eric Schanauer, too. Did Oh, uh,
0: Eric Schanauer yeah. did amazing uh, Oz stuff. Both of them did great Oz stuff. Yeah. Very, very different. In fact, I think Schanauer wrote some stuff for Scotty Young. Okay. But okay. Schanauer also drew his own yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff. Yeah, I'm just looking here. It was, oh, my computer likes to um, uh, say hey you can't go there it's not a safe site it is a safe site you dumb computer <laughs> I can hear you Ian and it makes me mad when you uh, when you say such things yeah here we go uh, yeah MGM's Wizard of Oz I'm looking for yeah here we go yeah it was a special collector issue MGM's Marvelous Wizard of Oz yeah very very uh, good looking good looking book huh? good looking book. Uh, later on, they would do many crossovers, including uh, Superman versus Spider-Man and X-Men uh, with Teen Titans and whatnot. But that was the first. Lisa writes, uh. Uh, regarding questions of the week, I got nothing. <laughs> there we go. Which is why people aren't writing in. They got nothing. However. Hey, do you know what?
1: what? What? Lisa Williamson, co-host. What? Of. What? A podcast. What? Called Horse Mysteries. Oh, nice. Yeah. What's up with that? Well, we just released uh, episode two this week dropped and we can listen it's another fun story this one actually is about edward mybridge the photographer Mm. some facts in there that i did not know i was shocked and surprised you may be shocked and surprised by listening to episode two of season two of
0: horse mysteries come on down and join us be shocked be surprised and then comment on it (laughs) please uh so but lisa does go on to write some things
1: she does go on
0: uh she says number one uh, what the young man asked us. Oh, because this is a clarification on the story. You oh, uh,
1: thank
0: three, you for three correcting times me. at the concert. What was the concert?
1: That was uh, uh, Julia Jacqueline.
0: Very good. Uh, the concert was actually. Are you a fan or are you a supporter? Which I think essentially has the same meaning as what David said. Yeah. Basically, are you? Did you drive someone here, or are you here for the band? I took his term supporter to mean something like, are you a mom and dad of someone in the band, or some such? <laughs> you a mom and dad of someone in the band. Uh, <laughs> number two, on the subject of block parents. My parents were block parents, and I remember a little boy coming to our house crying because he got lost. We kept him, of course. I mean, we alerted the authorities, and he was reunited with his family. He was in grade one and missed the school bus, decided he could walk home. And part of the way, he realized he had no idea where his home was. He was our only incident in 20 to 30 years of having the block parent sign up. I remember my early 20s having to be interviewed by someone as I was now an adult living in the, ha- in, our, in the house. Prior to that, children did not need to be checked out, so I assume some form of criminal records check uh, had been occurring previously. Hmm. And Steve Martin, on the subject of Steve Martin, he's kind of otherworldly. His look is so old school and bland, and he has uh, remained pretty unchanged over the decades. Maybe he's a vampire. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but he is always doing something very different. I think reading the novel Shop Girl really brought it home for me. I had a very different impression of Martin before I read that. And now, of course, he's doing a show about a podcast. He's almost going in another direction. He seems to be simultaneously one step in front and one step behind at all time. Very much doing his own thing while still maintaining that every man look. It's true. Peter Ayers writes. Thank you for that, dear. Fade in on audio of feet running on hard floor. Increasing in volume like that in Stan Freeberg's Banana Boat parody that completely passed over my head as a child, having never heard the Belafonte version you were talking about in last week's episode. So you just heard the Alan Arkin version. Okay, fair enough. Sound effects. Tap, 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 tap. Peter, gasping for air. How are we on time? Okay. Billy. Wait,
1: before we move on, I just want to thank thank Peter. All right. Oh, thank Peter. Oh, thank you. Uh... Peter was kind enough to send me a book in the mail. Oh. I came home today to find an Amazon package on my stoop. And I was, well, I was kind of, I was actually, I want to say I was upset. I was
0: annoyed. I was
1: kind of annoyed because okay. it was this giant box. And I was expecting a, a CD. I'd, I'd ordered a CD. Okay. And so this giant, like, book-sized box is sitting on my, and I was like, what a waste of packaging these guys.
0: And you've kicked it down the stairs.
1: <laughs> but no, it was this book from... From Peter. And let me just read the note that he was kind. Please, please. He added to it right here. It says... Mm-hmm. It says... Mm-hmm. A gift from Peter Ayers. Hey, David. In advance of your trip to Belgium, and in gratitude for all the time you put into the podcast, allow me to whet your appetite with one of my favorite francophone comics of the past few years. It's from Peter Ayers. So, so thank you very much, Peter. It's called... Pourquoi? It's called Don La Tête... Sherlock Holmes in the head of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. And it's got this wonderful, oh, it's a beautiful, cover. wonderful die-cut cover. So you open it up, and it it reveals. Oh my stars! And so it uses uh, this this uh, idea of his head in quite a few different sequences of the book, where it'll have like. Him, oh, it opens up. And yeah, yeah. And so him going through like the mystery in his head, and uh, so it does that a number of times. Oh, and it's this is wonderful, this wonderfully uh, wonderful illustrations, and um, who's a buy actually? Let me look down here in the bottom. So it's The Affair of the Scandalous Ticket, but it's by Cyril Liron and Benoit Dahan. So, uh, yeah, it's really wonderful. I read a little bit of it at home before uh, the the nail-trimming lady came, because I had to today I had to zip home because of the uh, change in our schedule, as as we mentioned. And so I had time to uh, read it. So thank you very much for that, Peter. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's already good. I haven't finished it, but it's very good.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Billy writes, hello all. Hello, Billy. Weird TV of my childhood, uh, 1974 the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, with that crazy emu oh. and the tiny island of uh, Peggy, Peggy Eggy, Peggy Auggie. Peggy Peggy he corrects it below, it turns out it's Peggy Peggy. Very good. And the Land of the Lost, though I can still watch Land of the Lost, I, am, I was obsessed with it. <laughs> uh, independence uh, time, being able to drive to the movie theater alone at the age of 16. Take care. Uh, and That's good
1: That shows some competence as a, as, a young, as a young man Whereas I Did not start driving Until I was in my early 20s Because I was uh, I was a bus baby And also I was I wouldn't say I didn't get much Encouragement at home Is what mm-hmm. I will say About these things Like I think like You know my saying right About raising teenagers mm-hmm. Which is the guiding principle It's the principle of guiding Oh Because kids need like A steady hand Kind of Not forcing them But helping them along Right You know, like when the girls—not
0: across the face, otherwise you're gonna get a boo. No,
1: not that's uh, no the idea of like like when the girls it was time for the girls to get their learner's license. You know, Lisa and I made sure to take them to the motor vehicle branch and get the book and that studied it and took them for their test and you know and then got them lessons so they could pass. So you know before their test came up, they had some driving lessons to to. to refresh and they could use the car and he took them on the, he took them around the, the test route so they could be ready for it. You know, like those are all important things. Whereas when I went to learn to drive as a kid, my mom took me once mm-hmm. in the car. She made me drive her to the store. So I was driving this busy parking lot in North Delta. And then I almost got in a sp- in a small accident because someone pulled out in front of me and i didn't oh, react properly because i didn't i didn't know how to drive and then i got all mad at me and she's like well you're not ready to learn to drive and that was the end of it that was into my lessons so i often think about that as like that's not a guiding hand that's not a that's not a helpful person in your life agreed so i'm glad billy that you're able to learn at 16 and have that independence
0: excellent and i do uh, i also enjoy the hudson brothers razzle dazzle show here's two things about that one um yeah the emu it was yes, a ventriloquist. It was a ventriloquist thing with no voice yeah. in the puppet. Yeah, the whole thing was occasionally the bird would like eat his head. How? How do you make an act out of that? How do you fill like? I time? love that, and I made a couple of different times
1: at work. Ha, ha, I, ha, 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 ha. I've shown people that, like, like a the like an emu thing. Like, yeah, because it's so remarkable. Like the physical comedy of it is yeah. is Mark the the aliveness of this bird. Sure, that, sure. This just his arm is amazing. And, yeah, the physical elements of it, like, you know, there's one with him and a broom, uh, you know, where he's got the... Oh, this is great. The emo gets a, the broom between his legs, and, you know, there's that moment of, like, anticipation of what's going to happen, and the audience is laughing, and yeah.
0: so well done. There were times that he was on Rod a... Holm, Rod Hume, Rod something. Mm. Okay, you got... I really... I do want to know. <laughs> Razzle Dazzle. There was a time uh, they put the entire opening of uh, the Hudson Mothers Razzle Dazzle show on, Um uh, family guy that was recent. Oh, really recent. yeah <laughs> they did that it was pretty good that's fun uh and it was like they're not gonna put the whole thing on because it goes on like a million years but they did put the whole thing on <laughs>
1: so they just rebroadcast f- like they didn't redo it themselves they just had like no. the actual footage yeah
0: they just they just put the whole thing on <laughs> yeah i forget the context and i don't even think the context matters no not in that show. but uh it was like when they, they they put on uh dancing in the street from live aid Okay, let's see. Here we go. Where's the emu? It's the emu. Show me the emu. Where's the emu? God damn it. Come on. Just put Rod blank and emu.
1: Just put Rod and emu.
0: It's the amazing emu, I remember. Rod, amazing emu. Come on. Uh, Edward the emu? No. Rod Amazon emu? No. The amazing killing me i remember being the amazing emu it was the amazing emu the, hmm. the amazing emu and his amazing emu okay uh all right so hudson brothers there hudson brothers it's gonna be this uh rod hull rod hull there you go yeah okay. rod hull and his amazing e- emu yeah
1: this is fantastic uh like i say i've you know i just like i don't want to bore people with the past and i don't you know but I can't help myself sometimes, like something like that. That's I just think is so original and, in, and and entertaining. I just have to show people sometimes, you know. I've shown that to people at work. I've shown the John Candy Babe Ruth sketch from SCTV to people at work, and uh, I've made people watch way too much Buster Keaton stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I am a fan. Okay, Rod Hall, British comedian, popular entertainer. There's his emu, and uh, oh, okay, all right, all right. There we go. Oof. Uh, in 83 he appeared on the uh, in the u.s on the tonight show attacking host johnny carson even after he was told not to by the producers <laughs> he had so, no control it's an emu yeah what can he do yeah it's got money of its own <laughs> and uh, i do remember the the peggy peggy thing which was like they would all start off with uh everyone crammed on this little island it was like another boring day on the island of peggy peggy and then they you know, do a sketch. I was like, wow, it's really gutsy to start your sketch by going, here's the boring sketch. <laughs> Here it is. It's dull. Uh, do we have any emails? No emails today. Very no, good. We had emus. Yeah.
1: But no emails.
0: Emails, but uh, but no emus. Oh, man. I have a obscure uh, question then. Okay. Uh, going with the idea of uh, emus. Aside from the Muppets. Yeah. Who's your favorite puppet? Oh. Aside from the Muppets. Yeah. Who's your favorite puppet? Okay.
1: Okay. That's good. Well, how about we, I'll ask a different question then, but it's kind oh, of the same. Yeah. Besides Walt Disney, who does the best animation? Oh. Who makes best animation? it can't be Pixar, because Pixar is part of Walt Disney.
0: Oh, it is now. <laughs> but it <laughs> wasn't. It always but says It wasn't business. at the time. Yeah,
1: even Toy Story was uh, Walt Disney. It was uh, two was Disney. Was it? Yep. That's how they got the money to to make those movies. They couldn't have afforded all the servers and stuff like that if they hadn't okay. sold the company to uh, Walt Very Disney. Very
0: good. Alright, so those are the two questions for you That's why uh,
1: Disney was a- already demanding A Toy Story 2 after Toy Story came out
0: So here's uh, here's here's what you're going to do To respond to those questions Or anything else you want to say uh, you Can either Ooh, email. Can I just
1: say one more thing? You can say as much as you want I just want to let everyone know I don't know if I mentioned this before on the show But um, a company down in the States uh, A record label has been reissuing No Fun stuff and All right. Putting them
0: on Bandcamp oh, that's our, our friend uh, David M has been yeah. on many times And has uh, written songs uh, for us, and yeah, is amazing talent, yeah. Okay,
1: and so I just want to let people know if they have enjoyed stuff that David's done on the show, or enjoyed listening to some of the fun songs I played on Listening Party. uh If you go to Bandcamp and go to, I believe it's called Atomic Werewolf. Is the name of the label? Okay, which is kind of a play on Werewolf T-shirts Records, which was the record label that released No Fun stuff originally.
0: There's a lot of Werewolf stuff on the show.
1: Where reality becomes dreams. Werewolf T-shirt Records. Nice. Um. Yeah, if you go there, you'll find uh, they've reissued their 1985 album 1894 and their 1984 album double album Snivel uh, have come out so far. 19, uh, 1894 is available as a CD, but uh, unfortunately, no fun is not. Or, sorry, Snivel is not yet available. So okay. I'm waiting until there's a couple because I want to try to um, amortize the uh, the incredibly expensive shipping costs that get stuff from the states the way they are right now. So um, yeah, but I'm. Yes, I've already, I've already got the, I've already bought them on Bandcamp, but I'll rebuy them as, as CDs okay. when they're available.
0: Can we put a link to that on our? Uh, page? I will. That's a good idea. Thank you. All right. Yeah,
1: it was so much fun. I just listened to all of Snivel today, driving, driving a boat. Uh, it's just a joy because I haven't listened to it for a while because I, I have it on cassette, and I and I David did give me a CD version of it, um, but uh, this this is like a remastered. Uh, everything is just crystal clear and sounds great. The drums sound great, the guitar it, you can hear things that uh, you know I missed I might have missed on the, the tape version. Cool, this is great. so I'm very very pleased that this is happening.
0: And if you ever go to a live uh, no fun show, you might see Dave there. Quite, oh, quite you'll fun. definitely see Dave there You'll definitely see <laughs> Dave. There. So uh, anyway, if you want to, uh, if you want to check that out, here's what you do. You go to sneakydragon.com uh, you will find every one of our episodes there and you will find. That information there mm-hmm. on uh, on uh, this this episode that we're uh, talking to you on right now. Uh, hey Dave, why don't you have a Junior Mint if you feel like it? Uh, That's right. They didn't have any uh, of our regular candies oh, at the store. Gosh. There was a big run on absolutely every sour candy that was there. Oh really? Huge run. Like the shelves were gutted. That's weird. Like someone just went, bring me every sour candy, <laughs> and so I was like, I got nothing. And they had a sale on Junior Mints, so listen, I'm not pushing them on you, but they're there. Um, so here you go sneakydragon.com is uh, where you find that if you want to email us sneakyd at sneakydragon.com sneakyd at sneakydragon.com if you want to uh, post our message boards as i said sneakydragon.com the uh, the website has uh, our episodes and underneath that's message board space just waiting for you Why not? Mm-hmm. don't wait till the last second it makes Edward nervous <laughs> It's like, wait a minute. Is no one else at this party? What's going on? I, uh, oh, jeez. Oh, man. And, you know, that kind of thing. That's my impression of Edward. I'm sure he sounds like that. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates Except it. Except when he mentions Chicago. That's what he sounds like when he says that. That's not uh, insulting in any way. Uh, how dare you? Uh, you can also go to Facebook. We're there. Uh, Sneaky Dragon has a page, and you can post something there, or you can go to Twitter uh, at. Uh, sneaky uh, underscore dragon uh, we're there So uh, even Tumblr sneakydragon.tumblr.com any of those things post talk to us we love to hear from you thank you for checking in with us uh, we like checking in with you we like uh, we, we we just genuinely like you there you go that's true hey by the way this isn't a question for officially yeah. but you got your uh, Halloween costumes picked out yet what you thinking of got any ideas I'm going as a character from Avatar I'm going as my avatar from the internet which is just my own face. So there you go. This is easy. Make your own costume out of your own face, and then you can never be wrong. Anyway, Dave loves Avatar so much. Oof, we can't even get him started on that. We'll be here for another hour. Thanks so much for listening. I've been Ian. I've been David. That's it. Bye. Bye, everyone.